Hello there and welcome to episode 144 of Riot Act, the alternative music podcast. I'm Stephen Hill. I'm joined as ever by a biscuit munching chubster, Renfrey Deadman, you metal loving, <laughs> greedy bastard. I am. Right? Yeah, it's true. Um, it's I'm all just... that metal you love, Renfrey. This is pretty how much you love metal. You're just scoffing biscuits. We'll it's explain true. exactly what we're talking about a little bit later on in the show. But anyway, how you doing, mate? Mm. You all right? Uh, I'm okay. I've, um, I've, I've gained a ridiculous amount of weight this week. Uh, due to the news which we will talk about uh in yeah. a moment but apart from that i'm i'm chipper as fuck how are you well i've lost weight mate you know what i've just bought so i just before mm. me and renfrey before we started i've got a problem with the depeche mode album music for the masses i've just bought the fucking vinyl box set of an album that i already own twice on vinyl mm. i've got mm. an original pressing of that album and i got a remastered version of it and then i've just spent quite a considerable amount of money on um <laughs> the 12 inch singles box set of it it was, so, quite, it was quite a lot of money yeah yeah yeah, um, <laughs> yeah i mean it looks I, it, amount of money it looks lovely as i kept saying but goodness yeah. me that's uh that's a lot of money you like depeche mode though that's fine I, that's okay yeah i was actually funny enough i was just telling one of my friends how i how much i like depeche mode just before we started this i think i actually said i would let martin gore shit on my dick is what I actually said. Whoa, whoa! Uh, less than <laughs> yeah. two minutes in, and uh, <laughs> wow, wow, we. Um, and I don't okay. regret a damn thing about saying that, Renfrey. He well, can do whatever he well, likes. Well, Martin, if you're if you're listening, <laughs> and um, you want to make a like a wish, uh, make a wish foundation sort of thing. Oh, uh, I said I'd let him. I didn't say I wanted that to happen. <laughs> I just said if he felt that he wanted to do that, then uh, I would probably reluctantly. Not many people that I would go. Oh yeah, you can shoot my dick. <laughs> but Martin Gore, such a stra- such a strange request, wouldn't it? It would be a weird one. <laughs> it would be weird. Okay, I think the cool. point is, I love Martin Gore mm, that much, mm, and mm. Dave Gahan and Andy Fletcher as well. Um, I love the Pesh Modes. I think they're pretty good. I'm getting at. I, 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 <laughs> they, they can keep well away from my dick, but I think they're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> one of the many disagreements we're going to be having on this week's show, <laughs> I feel, um, because we're going to do a catch-up show, catching up on the latest music from a bunch of artists that we haven't actually had a chance to review, but either you put a thing out on social media asking you which albums you would like to hear us talk about. And we had a very, very good response. Yeah. We haven't obviously managed to, to put all of them in there. We've sort of had a little hodgepodge of suggestions and uh, I've whittled it down to six. And this week we're going to be talking about the latest albums or the, the newest albums from Bob Villain, For Your Health, Genesis Owusu, Youth Coding King Yusuf, Ben Howard and Kwan. So all of those, back. all of those have been suggested. At least, you know, one person has suggested all of them. Uh, so thank you very much for that. I got to say, um, we were a bit ho-hum as to like, shall we do a catch up or not? Because we were a little bit like, ah, it's been a bit of a slow year. Have we really missed anything being really up ourselves? Um, yeah, we've missed fucking loads, I think. Because we have, there's some, we there's have some missed a fair bit. Great stuff. Uh, before we go any further and we get into that, we should go over to our writers review um, apology segment that Renfrey wants to do. We should have had we should have had some stuff going up on our Patreon page. I'm going to hand over to Renfrey, who will now apologise to everyone except for architects. <laughs> yes, basically, um, humble, humble apologies to everyone except architects um, because uh, I'm moving house this Saturday. Um, so tomorrow, if you're listening to this, the day it comes out, um, and it's just been absolutely mad. We will make up to it. Uh, make up to it. We will make it up to you by 
like we'll probably do a couple of writers reviews next week and then a couple the week after um the classic album is also probably going to be pushed back a couple of days as well because i just need some time to just sit down for like a whole day and do research on it and i've only been able mm -hmm. to snatch hours like the odd hour here and there because i'm packing up uh all my shit and moving it. my entire no, life I'm, yes. I'm, I'm a little bit complicit in this as well you know i haven't pushed Less you so. that much I haven't pushed you that much to do it, and and you know I, I haven't kind of I've been a little bit busy myself, so you know I'm happy to you take a little a, bit of the blame. You had I'm a happy total day uh, uh, written off earlier this week because you had the jab and had a violent reaction to it. Oh, uh, yeah, man, I was I was so lethargic and tired and really really knackered. I had mm. my uh, uh, vaccine on Sunday, and Monday I had a really bad like reaction no, not, not a really bad reaction i was just so fucking knackered it was like was the really exorcist like shivery and sweaty in bed as well yeah and your head was going yeah. around 360 yeah, was, degrees yeah. and you're puking green bile so it's steve's fault basically martin gore shit all over my dick <laughs> <laughs> i wish Ugh. uh anyway um go to patreon.com forward slash riot act podcast and we will catch up to speed we promise those we things yeah five yeah, pound yeah. a month you do get two classic albums you will still get a mars volta you classic will. album you special will. at some point next week but yes i promise you I pr i'm gonna make a promise by the end of may you'll have everything that you should have got in may if that makes sense it's just gonna come a little bit delayed because mm. i'm moving house okay um what has been happening this week quite a lot of things <laughs> uh quite a lot of things that we don't even have a time to, uh, to get put in this right so much has happened this week we're not even going to mention Dave Ellison's penis. So, I mean, that, that probably puts it into perspective. Um, although I did just mention it, but I think I got away with it. Uh, congratulations to Haim, who won the best international band at the Brits last night, beating the Foo Fighters and Run the Jewels in the process. Yeah. Well done to them. Um, Surely Run the Jewels should have got that, shouldn't they? I, I mean, I would have loved... I mean... <laughs> I didn't expect Run the Jewels to win it for a second. I was no. stunned. I was much like the BTS army themselves who were furious. Um, oh, I yeah. thought, BT, thought BTS would win it, but they right. didn't. Right. Um, that was quite funny because mm. those people are really weird. <laughs> and um, <laughs> Very obsessed. And uh, even, we, I mean, this is, it was awful. I mean, the, Brit, the Brits was awful. Uh, Billie Eilish won Best International Female, beating Taylor Swift, who... <laughs> who came during a pandemic from America, who's released three albums mm. this year, and they've all gone to number one. Mm. They've been critically acclaimed. Billie Eilish has literally done nothing, <laughs> done nothing at all. Well, she hasn't so released apart from anything. Having, she, she's released one single, which came out right. like a week ago. Yeah. Right? So mm. presumably this would have been decided a long time before that. Mm. So Billie Eilish did nothing. I just went cheers on a video and that was it. And they didn't give it to Taylor Swift. The yeah. fucking nerve of it. So they had to do that thing you do at award ceremonies when someone comes from a long way and you go, oh, fuck, we better invent an award for him. So she got the Global <laughs> global Icon Award. We <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, I mean, yeah. you, and I, you and I know how award shows work. Yeah. I can't believe they've got the fucking nerve. It's unbelievable. Is that right, right in front of the most famous person in the building that day? <laughs> it was so just like, are you fucking having a laugh? That's mental. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's insane. Whether you're a Taylor Swift fan or not, like, it, you just, 
the sheer fucking nerve to do that is unbelievable. But then, you know, it's because um, award ceremonies are run on politics rather than uh, yeah. who actually deserves to win, basically. Um, so, it's yeah. Who, if you want to know who's going to, like, it needs to be on the Golden Gods or the Kerrang Awards. If you wanted to know who was going to win, you just look at the download lineup and go, our best album is four people who aren't playing download and one who is. <laughs> I wonder... <laughs> I wonder, I wonder who's, who's going to win. I wonder who's going to win. Exactly. Always, always. I mean, you know, but for them to get Taylor Swift, it was, it was quite funny. Mm. And mm. Um, yeah, it was pretty shit, the Brits, as always. Um, I didn't even get to go this year. I had to watch it on telly. So I didn't even get my, I normally I've been for the last sort of four years. I, I know, yeah, yeah. Really drunk and mm. have quite a fairly good time. Not yeah. paying much attention to what's going on. Um, we usually do the show you when you We usually do the show hung when you're really hungover. Yeah, 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 yeah. But mm. um, no, not not always next. Always next year, isn't there? Yeah, it's always next year. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so BTS Army annoyed. Um, Taylor Swift fans, including myself, annoyed. Mm. Um, yeah, and me. I Maiden fans not annoyed. Don't care about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Don't care. I mean, it's a fucking disgrace that Iron Maiden not in there. It's a fucking disgrace! But I don't care. Don't care. Don't care that Kraft... Kraft fucking LL Cool J's in there. Fucking LL Cool J. But I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, sure. Sure then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty um, much. So, <laughs> Raging Machine Iron Maiden did not get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Tina Turner, Foo Fighters, Kraftwerk... LL Cool J, Jay-Z, Gil Scott Heron, Randy Rhodes, Go-Go's, Billy Preston, and a few others. Todd Rungan got in there as well. Um, have all been nominated to Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think that's a pretty good... Personally, I think that is a very good list. I mean, I do think... <clears throat> Foo Fighters, for me, stand out as, um, you know, first-year draft Foo Fighters. Are Foo Fighters really a kind of definitive, essential band in the evolution of rock music when you think of some of the things that haven't gone in there? I think... Foo Fighters are very good at introducing people to music, which is very important, but I don't think they themselves are a particularly essential band, personally. Not when you think that, like, Tina Turner. Tina, how the fuck is... I mean, that is madness how Tina Turner's not in there. I still hmm. am just... I'm just stunned that Tina Turner is hasn't been in there for... Mm well over a decade mm. i mean well over a decade i guess it depends on the criteria doesn't it i mean i mean if the criteria is oh a band who have kind of like moved on the genre and all that kind of thing and like like had a massive massive influence in terms of those sorts of things then yeah i'm not sure Foo fighters um would be a great shout but if it's just a band who have been capable of writing some great stuff. And if you get the best stuff that Foo Fighters have done, we've done two classic albums on Foo Fighters, you know, mm -hmm. w when they're good, when they were good, they were fucking incredible. And I do still believe that one day they might be capable of writing another great record, hopefully. I mean, you know, we'll see. Well, um, I, could, I mean, I, I want to say objectively, they, they can't. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we, we, we just don't know. We don't know. I, I live in, I, I live in, I, <laughs> I live in some sort of hope. I'm sure, I'm sure you would have said that, um, just after Echo, Silence, Patience and Grace came out though. And then they came out with Wasting Life. You, you, you can, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. you know, sometimes, sometimes you're surprised, you know, sometimes one is surprised. Mm. Um, so it depends on the criteria really. I mean, there are plenty of, there are loads of bands who have gone to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame who haven't like moved their respective yeah. genre along. Well, so I think that's fine. The, the, the Go-Go's are in there and mm. I mean, I, mm. you know, they haven't either really. No. So 
you know. No. Um, but yeah, but I think like you would think first draft pick would be like super important artists and whatever. Yeah, I oh, know. I understand. Yeah, what sort you're of saying. Rage Against Machine and and Maiden. Like for me, Maiden and Rage would be higher in that list than Foo Fighters. Um, I, I would certainly agree that Maiden and Rage deserve it more than Foo's. And I'm but, saying so, that as someone who loves like actually loves four maybe even five Foo Fighters records you know yeah 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 so anyway you know but ultimately like it really doesn't really matter really no it doesn't like the Brits none of these things actually matter so chill the fuck out everybody yes. here's the story that we are talking about um I'm glad I Maiden fans have taken it so well uh as as ever um a British newspaper says listening to heavy metal makes you fat <laughs> this is the daily start which is probably the best newspaper in the <laughs> country i would say the moment. <laughs> do you not think the, the daily star is a we have a few inter- we have a few international listeners who may not know um the daily star is maybe the equivalent of the national herald in the u.s or mm. um it is total and utter toilet um the to the yeah. daily star it's just like they did um they quite famously once did a story uh where uh, freddie star ate my hamster freddie star ate him? my hamster i think no that was the sun freddie star ate my hamster oh, i think yeah. i think so um but daily star did once do one where um someone claimed that their a, a dead relative of theirs had been reincarnated as a fish finger um and you know they're quite famous for doing fucking nonsense garbage stories uh and this is another one um but it comes into <laughs> comes into the world of metal doesn't it so we're talking about it um it's fucking ridiculous do you want to describe the science behind this story <laughs> well allegedly the science suggests that heavily distorted noisy fast tempo music gets listeners on the mood to feast on similarly hefty meals or as the daily starve helpfully put it in layman's terms for their maybe slightly more simple readers and uh, you know i think i have to do that just in case just in case there are a few kind of non-cambridge graduates who, who pick, i doubt it to be honest but there might be a couple um who might bosh a kebab as they helpfully put it uh, in comparison, it's suggested that hearing soothing classical music or light jazz may cause the brain to encourage listeners to make sensible, moderate dietary choices. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that just that, that isn't even scientific. That's just a theory. And it's a fucking dumb one at that. Um, we, like, there's no real need to cover this at all. We just thought it was funny. It's really funny. <laughs> I mean, Stupid. it is really, really funny. It is probably like Dr. Fox in Brass Eye. There's no actual scientific evidence for this, but it is a fact before he nails a crab with a hammer. It's about as scientific. You know I mean? it's, it's so as, stupid. It's as scientifically accurate as uh, Gillian McKeith was, the lady who went through people's poo on yeah. the Channel 4. Lot, lots of poo references very early on. Um, mm. uh, it's just total nonsense. I mean... Yeah. Um, what? Well, yeah. It's just. It's just the stupidest story. Like metal doesn't have enough shit. Like enough problems as it is. 
Well, we got another problems like the Daily Star saying that we're fat. Yeah, come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm fat because I just I just um, boshed an entire packet of Jaffa cakes uh, before. Well, you like we... you like post metal, don't you? Which is a kind of even more spacious, it's even more spacious. Yeah. So yeah. you're in loads of problems. Whereas yeah. me, with my kind of grindcore obsession, <laughs> at least I'm getting everything. I got the kind of slimmer. You know, not that I'm saying I'm slim by the way <laughs> at all, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah I, sh- I should be you know listen to napalm death it should be a more svelte version but you know still metal so i'm still gonna be fat that's Precisely. a tragedy isn't it Renfrew? Yeah. that is a tragedy Precisely. Just very factually accurate and definitely newsworthy story <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, I it it does seem completely ridiculous to even cover a story like this. But then at the same time, it's just funny, isn't it? It's just funny how dumb people can be sometimes. Uh, it is pretty funny. There you go. Oh dearie me. Um, we should we should probably talk about something a little bit more serious as well. Um, we did actually cover this festival, Alt London, right? Mm. Which is a brand new festival, which is meant to be happening in August. But I say meant to, because, you know. It probably we, won't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, uh, it, it, it might do and it might not. I mean, it, it apparently is going ahead. August Bank Holiday weekend. I think it's Clapham Common. Is that right? It is Clapham Common indeed, yes. Yeah, so, um, which is, I used to work around that. It's quite a nice place to have a gig, actually. Mm. So, um, I mean, we didn't talk about it because, I mean, we don't really tend to go into that much into festival lineups and stuff. I have to say, all London, before we get into this story, Renfrey, uh, is this a beautiful reflection on a, a a mixed genreless world that we should all be, which is sort of some sort of beautiful utopia where fans of all different types of music can come together and, and enjoy all kinds of stuff? Or is it a mess for nobody? Uh, it's a bit of both. I think mm. I really like the idea of Alt London in um, or Alt LDN, uh, as it's called, in theory. Um, it does feel so many, so much of it has the feel to me of a bunch of middle aged people who have got together and gone, what do young people like? Um, and then try to make a festival out of it. It's just, just the fact that it is called alt plus ldn and shit like that and i think the um the massively varying quality of the lineup uh i think says a lot about like oh let's just pick a load of artists who have had you know a lot of press or a lot of this or that uh, in the mm-hmm. last few um years and put them on a bill together i like the idea in theory i think the execution well obviously it hasn't happened yet but what i've seen so far is a bit strange it's say. a mixture of stuff that i'm aware of i've never heard of and it's a bit of stuff that i like a very little bit of stuff i like and stuff that i genuinely have quite a strong dislike for mm. so little yachty yachty y- little yachty uh is subbing well playboy carty's headlining little yachty um, those two, I've not heard much of Playboy Carti. I don't like Lil Yorty. Um, there's a bunch of stuff I've never heard of on that main stage before, to be honest. I've heard of Ski Mask. Don't really know much about it. But the indoor arena is more of the kind of, I guess, the more rock soundy Kerrang. That's where, that's where they're putting the Gribos. Yeah, they're putting all the Gribos yeah. indoors. 
basically. So you've got Architects, you've got Machine Gun Kelly. It's a shame to see him uh, any, anywhere. Uh, Sleep Token, Bob Villain, who we're going to talk about in a second. Mimi Barks, who you and I have both had private conversations just despising probably the <laughs> yeah, the really uh, probably bad. objectively the worst musician in the world right now <laughs> Mimi Barks an absolute travesty <laughs> like really very very bad uh Mario Judah is playing another stage as well and there's a bunch of stuff which I've just never heard of to be perfectly honest um one of the artists that were going to be playing subbing architects on the indoor arena sandwiched in between architects and Machine Gun Kelly were the artwork now, um, we've had a few chats about the Antwerp on this show in the past, haven't we, yeah, Renfrew, we, you we, and I? We have, we have, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I spoke about them, well, I gave you their album um, right at the very start of the, one of the first shows we did, the first couple of months of the show when we were doing Trade Off. It was, yeah, Trade Off, yeah. And you didn't really like it? I fucking hated it. I thought it was an abhorrent piece of garbage. Uh, it was Tension, <laughs> the one that yeah, you gave that's me. that's the one. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, uh, I then saw them at the Download Festival when they sub Slipknot, much yes. to the ire of uh, those people who don't care about Iron Maiden going into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, talking about it on the internet <laughs> time anyway. Um, uh, those people didn't like it. I thought they were pretty good, mm -hmm. like um, a good like sort of weird live thing. Like certainly a certainly a thing, weren't mm -hmm. they? So, mm -hmm. I mean, you didn't see it, but. I'm I didn't see it. It was certainly a, a thing where you looked at it and you went, oh, this is this is different. And um, then we spoke about the kind of vaguely spoke about the controversy surrounding them at the time as well, didn't we? A little Some bit, sort yeah. of controversy. Now, it kind of I have to be honest, the details of that are, are fairly sketchy in my head of what we actually spoke about. Um, but basically... Why I'm kind of prefacing all this is the word are not going to be appearing at the Alt Plus London bill this summer. Um, there's been a backlash of a number of the artists on the bill because of some of the stuff that Renfrew and I spoke about before. But also, having looked into it, some shit that I wasn't aware of, which is really fucking shady, really, really fucking shady shit that the word have done by all accounts oh there's, there's there's an australian musician she's a rapper um her name is zaheni sparks and she released a diss track titled the question uh in march 2019 um and it accused uh what's his face ninja whatever his face is uh, of allegedly sexually assaulting her in south africa in 2013 um you can read up more about that. It's it's fucking horrible. She accused him of drugging her, trafficking her from Africa, sending explicit photos, blah, blah, blah. Um, there's a lot of really horrible stuff uh, there. There's also, I think the stuff that we did talk about at the time was the Andy Butler stuff where there was um, footage yeah. that uh, surfaced in 2012, which, um, uh, which was basically uh, them calling andy butler very homophobic slurs <clears throat> which are obviously fucking risible um yeah so that's basically the controversy uh and a lot of people on that stage uh who were meant to be playing that stage with the antwerp are have i would say have kind of kicked off and got them got them chucked off the bill is it fair is that too 
that too strong a thing to say? They've got them removed from that. They are no longer on the bill. I think that seems to have been a, a backlash from uh, the actual artists who were going to be sharing stage with them. Yeah. I think that's something's ex- I happened. Think that, we don't I, know exactly what's happened. Because... I think that's exactly what's happened. I mean, what's what appeared to happen was um, it was made. Uh, it was made. Someone made Bob Villain aware of um, these uh, these allegations. And... Well, I believe it was the artist Zand who was the opening act on that bill. Ah, okay, okay. So Zand made Bob Villain aware of it, and then. That got traction. Bob Villain put a video out saying, calling on his uh, the fellow artists who were playing with him to get them removed from the bill. Sam Carter jumped on board um, with that as well. Um, a couple of the other artists did as well. I can't remember who off the top of my head. Um, and as I, I think, yeah, clearly as a result, that's happened. And the reason why I thought this was particularly interesting to talk about is because I can't think of a time where um a band an artist whatever has been chucked off of a festival bill due to um due to these kind of issues before i don't know if you can um dave mustaine got rotting christ chucked off of a festival bill that megadeth were going to be playing because he took exception to their name but that's but that yeah i could i could remember in terms of an artist going you aren't playing this festival with us there's also the famous Red Hot Chili Peppers, Mr. Bungle spat as well, where the Red Hot Chili Peppers allegedly had Mr. Bungle removed from a lot of festival lineups as well. But, but those are different because those removals weren't down to the abhorrent behaviour or alleged abhorrent behaviour, although I'm pretty convinced it's true. Well, I think um, actually, I don't think, that's, I don't think that's true, actually. I think that the artists in question who got those people removed were getting them removed because of the behaviour that they had... the the. Dave Mustaine thought Rotting Christ's behaviour and name was abhorrent, and he didn't want he didn't morally agree with what they were doing, so he got them kicked off of the festival bill. So I would say, actually, in the eyes of Dave Mustaine, that's exactly the same as what's happening here. Hmm. Yes, I suppose you could argue that um, objectively, <laughs> but it is subjective, isn't it? Because it depends. It depends how much. Um, it depends how much credence you put in religion <laughs> really as to whether that's actually an abhorrent thing to do whereas i don't think i think the majority of decent people would agree that using the um using the homophobic slurs that uh ninja did and he definitely did do that because i've seen video footage of him doing it um and these allegations mr these... bungle definitely did mock uh the death of hill slovak on stage as well and pretend to od that's i suppose tr- that's quite not a very nice thing to do it's either. not a nice thing to do but it's not the same thing as trafficking someone from, from i'm not saying you know, it's the same thing i'm just yeah, saying yeah, yeah. that when you say like oh it's not the same i would argue that actually there are definite parallels to be drawn between those things that i mean you could you you could argue that but i think that takes the nuance out of the entire argument which is kind of which is well, sort no, of you, you you said can you think of another time when an artist has been removed from a festival bill due to other artists thinking that the behavior of said artist is abhorrent and i've given you what i believe to be two examples of if you're religious the band rotting christ will be deeply offensive to you mm. if you are a member of the red hot chili peppers you mocking the death of your former friend and bandmate mm. will be deeply abhorrent to you as well mm. 
Mm. Yeah, I think it's difficult to argue that those are the same level of crimes, though. Do you know what I mean? I mean, we we mock fucking loads of people on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know. look, I'm not I'm not saying that it's the same. I'm yeah. just saying that there are other examples for things that have happened in the past that are that are kind of similarly that have happened in it that, that these things that it sort of has happened with people before if either of us did or had been accused of doing the things that ninja has been accused of doing then mm -hmm. i would expect us to leave this podcast simple as that but i don't feel that way about which is fine because neither of us have <laughs> but <laughs> to be super clear but you know like mocking someone who's i mean we have mocked people who are dead on this podcast yeah. and um oh what was the other the, i mean we've probably mocked religion at some point um yeah, you course. know you know so so the the, the nature but of that's the, our that's our own individual moral compasses isn't it like i'm yeah. just saying that uh, different people are offended by different people are offended and upset by different things i can't imagine there any there isn't anyone who isn't going to be like what like I, the shit i read about Wood, i was like what the fuck yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. like what the fuck I, I i i didn't know that and that is like like i said that's some mad shit oh yeah, i think yeah, in yeah. terms of again absolutely analytically speaking that sort of thing has happened a few times before i think mm. i i understand where you're going i don't think it's to the same extent in any way shape or form but i understand the argument that you're making um but this feels very very different this feels very much like a post kind of me too version of that because i think uh i think there was i think once people were alerted to it there was quite a lot of pressure and in fact there were a lot of people who were already aware of it i remember when the old london lineup came out initially there was a lot of stuff on my timeline from people going dianford being uh booked on a festival in 2021 really you know so people are aware of this stuff um yeah. and um I, I was made aware of the saheni track a few like a couple of years ago so i've known about that she released a video as well where i mean the video itself has screenshots of all of the like of a lot of the messages that were put between them and you know yes you can fake that kind of thing but the trouble that one would have to go to in order to do that it's just not it's a pretty i don't think that would be the case at all it would be a pretty lame uh defense of ninja in order to do if you use that as a defense so um yeah it feels unprecedented from that point of view and also there's a lot more pressure on people because there's a there's a um there's an atmosphere around at the moment about whether artists who do things like that should be allowed to play these festivals or not um i think and i think you do have to take everything as an individual case by case basis because some some crimes some things that happen are clearly more abhorrent than other ones i think anyone who could honestly argue that rotting christ being called rotting christ is a worse crime than the stuff that ninja's accused of is insane and shouldn't be allowed to have an opinion <laughs> Reli religious people are or or yeah insane. insane uh yeah a religious zealot or something like that you know so i you know I, and, I, and i think it is important to to make those distinctions between things and not put it all into one category because 
because it's clearly not. It's not the same thing. Having uh, an offensive band name is not the same thing as uh, the stuff that Ninja's been accused of doing in in mm. any way, shape or form. Like there are a million miles apart. Mm. The thing is, is that people do um, like Pat O'Brien when he got arrested and people went, oh, well, look at the name of the band. Of course, why aren't they all being arrested? I saw a lot of that on Twitter. And you sort of go, well, I guess if you if 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 you aren't willing to have those nuanced discussions, then it does be kind of come a casual situation. Ergo, the rotting Christ thing and the Mr. Bungle thing then has to be treated in the same way as the Diantwork thing because you aren't willing to you aren't willing to use nuance in one way, so you're not going to be allowed to use it in the other way. I'm with you, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. How I feel... We're just I'm playing devil's just advocate. Just playing devil's yeah, advocate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think what's different here, and what's quite interesting about this particular case, why it is different, is that this is the first time it's been smaller bands on the bill getting a larger act kicked off. The Red Hot Chili mm. Peppers would have been headlining those festivals. Mm. Megadeth would have been headlining those festivals. This is... Um, Bob Villain, uh, you know, Zand, I don't, is the opening band on the bill. Bob Bob Villain uh, are, a, you know, a, a duo who had to self-release yeah. the album that we're about to talk about. Yeah, yeah, get, yeah. You know, because labels apparently wouldn't touch it. Mm. Now, for them to get an out, to, to get an artist as high profile as Diantwood kicked off of the bill, essentially, um, I think that that is quite an unusual thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's a really good point, which I kind of, I felt like I was dotting around. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That That's why it feels a little bit different now. And I suppose, I mean, I, I uh, broadly, I think this is probably progress in some way, shape or form. Um, everything, I think the issue comes with when you do that thing that you were doing devils advocately and like put everything in the same category um because you know which is basically what the internet do does um, well, yeah i mean i think that's my problem with it really is that i would have uh you know i would probably be i mean i didn't know a lot about a lot of this stuff so at first when people were like oh jump word are playing a festival and i was like yeah hmm. well why wouldn't they hmm. and then when i read it i was like oh fucking hell hmm. i mean you know it's like i say it's incredibly grotty horrible shit that's horrible wrapped up in that i had no idea about to be honest. i um, think the fact that they haven't but, responded you know, at all says quite a lot as well i mean well, I by think... all accounts they have always denied that this has happened all of this is but you know it'd be a hell hell they, would, they? they would say that and it'd be a hell of a um i mean it would be a hell of a Anyone who who has any doubts, I think, should probably just watch that video. And yeah, I was be... going to say it's quite a lot of detail to go into. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a that's a quite a tall tale to 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 to, it's mark, a, to spin. It? Exactly, it'd be an yeah. astonishing. It's an astonishing amount of work to fake that stuff. You know, it would just it would just be ridiculous. And anyone who'd use that as a as a defense, I think, would just it's just pathetic you know but, but here's the thing renfrey mm. all london will sell less tickets now because of that like i worked That's in true. the music industry and yeah. i didn't i worked in the music you know i work we we work in the music industry i didn't know any of this stuff until they got kicked off the bill and i went and researched it right and i work in the music industry. you can say like oh well you're you know, obviously not doing your job properly. Maybe that's true. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> you know, but uh, like, but 
But to be right? fair, to be fair, we don't tend to usually cover the anthem. I mean, we like we Not wouldn't really. normally look at it as a podcast, and you wouldn't look at it as Mel Hammer. So I think that's fair enough. You know? Yeah, and um, and so I think most people probably will suddenly go where are the antwerp like most people like to be honest i think the the majority of people who would have been considering buying a ticket for alt london might now look at the lineup and go where are the antwerp what the fuck and just go oh well, i want to see them and they're not playing oh fuck it i won't go hmm. without any kind of you know knowledge or understanding of where they went or why they went and it just means that it will sell less tickets now i'm not saying like you know, like boo, like I'll put them back on because making money is the sole reason to put a festival on. Hmm. But I don't know. I think it's quite interesting. I think Alt London will, as a, as a, I think, like it or not, as an event, Alt London will probably suffer a little bit of a loss of income due to them doing that. But I think Alt London will know that, and I to yeah. that I say fair play for putting kind of ethics mm. over commerce in this particular example. Um, there's going to be tons of people who listen to Dying Fund who don't know anything about um, this story. I'm just looking on Spotify now. They have, uh, even now, they have almost 1.5 monthly listeners uh, a month. And that's just on Spotify. So there's loads and loads of people who, um, and, and, you know, do all of those 1.5 million people who listen to them know all this stuff? Probably not. I very much doubt Definitely it. Definitely not. Um, you know, and yeah, troublesome. I, I, I think there are people who get really, really, really uh, antagonistic about cancelling people and stuff like that. Sometimes I think they just need to realise that not everyone feels as passionately about it as they do. And there are plenty of people who will just shrug their shoulders and go, oh, well. I don't care. I mean, just look at Twitter. 99, yeah, 99% of people who listen to music just put music on and they listen to it. They don't know who that, they don't know what the people look like. They don't know what their albums are called. They don't know who the bass player is. They don't really care. They're mm. just going to listen to music. They don't mm. care. I know people who, who, you know, even two weeks ago, I got mates who, like, who listen to rock music mm. and went, and then I went to someone like, oh, fucking, you know, with Marilyn Manson. Mm. And they went, what? what? What do you mean? Yeah. yeah. And literally didn't. And they're people who predominantly listen to rock music and had absolutely no idea that that was going on. Yeah. And they are the majority. Let's not forget, those, you listening at home, you are, you're the minority. Like, you paying attention to music. Yeah. You know, yeah. you being, you, you paying attention enough to music to, for you to care about listening to a podcast which talks about, you know, really new music. For the most part and you know like really pretty underground like very underground music this week particularly mm, mm. for the most part you know you really care about music and it's super important to you but you are the minority mm. and that's why i you know I, I think this sort of shit will carry on happening and people go oh it's disgusting and that and that you know i if someone listens to the antwerp they're not disgusting they're probably just utterly unaware mm. they're totally they're totally unaware mm. That might. That, I. I think that's probably the case. I think ninety nine percent is probably a little OTT, but but the majority certainly won't won't be aware. Um, but will things like this 
will things like this happening and people being made more aware and stuff like that will that mean that that will change over a period of several years i you're you're no. shaking your head no i think it will i think it will happen i just think it'll take well, you mean a you couple of decades to happen people will be more aware of that sort of stuff you think or you think it will change the way that people book festivals i think it will i don't, I, think, people, I think, I don't think it will ever change people's relationship with music i think are you saying not that you should, i should you know you, you think 99 percent is all right maybe they say 95 percent. 95 percent who listen to people who listen to music listen to it really passively they just put spotify playlists in the background and let it go through they don't know what they're buying they don't know anything about the thing like most people don't passionately care about music they just listen mm. to the things they listen to when they're a kid i know you know people put on Ho holy wood or mechanical animals they don't know that marilyn manson's had an album in the last 10 years let alone what those albums are about or what he's been doing whilst he's been making those albums or whoever you want to talk about i know people who didn't even know michael jackson went to court like, i mean that's quite an extreme mm. one to be fair but like there are people who genuinely you go like oh i love the smiths or what, what about morrissey and they're like what you're like, oh fucking hell, really? You just don't, no, I don't care. Just listen to the Smiths. Don't. That's it. And I think most, I think like most people, a massive, massive majority of people are like that. I mean, you got to think like social media. It feels like a big thing, but it's really not. It's not really. It's not like you know, metal Twitter, as we like to call it, is a pipette in the ocean of social media, mm. and social media as proven by like you know as have been proven by election results and referendum results and all kinds of other things mm. is absolutely no reflection of the general mood of a society i, I don't think in 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 2021 i totally agree with you um i i i do think those things will begin to change because there has been a shift in the media about calling this stuff out and i do think that is a good thing um and mm. i think it will change uh over a period of several years i think it will take some time but it will i think it will happen eventually um and it'll probably happen in our lifetime we'll just be old and <laughs> we'll be old and fat we'll be even older <laughs> and even fatter than we already are um but you know and i do i, I do think it's like i mean the, the marilyn manson stuff i i'm pretty convinced that's been like that's been reported by massive international media like I'm convinced that more than 95% of people and you know you are just plucking those figures out of your ass really like I'm yeah, convinced yeah. No, 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 no. I'm talking about people who care about music I'm, I know I'm I know I know who actually care about music I mean but you don't people, what, 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 with with Diane Wood you might have to go to like a music publication to find that out with Marilyn Manson you don't like Marilyn Manson is such a like big kind of um uh global sensation type thing or he was and he, he he had he had so much presence in the mainstream media that i think that is quite different because there are lots of big international media outlets who have covered that story quite extensively and i'm i'm, I'm sure i'm i'm absolutely convinced that there's still millions well there are still a lot of people who listen who continue to listen to his music who do not know about that stuff i'm sure that is the case i, I don't disagree yeah. with you on that i'm just saying i think yeah i've forgotten the thread of what i was saying but you know i i, I think it, it depends where these things are reported doesn't it but then those people have to go to that thing as well i mean I'm not, I'm, i think the idea of even like traditional media and those you know it wasn't like on the news at 10 or anything, do you know what i mean like it's not there, there are some people who literally just will well, I I don't know. They just but social, they just exist in their bubble of 
But I think social media is changing that. You're like, you don't have to go to the news as much anymore as the news comes to you when you're... No, but I'm saying I still think social media is is pretty fucking minuscule in comparison with the rest of the world. I mean, when you, like, when you look at how many people use Twitter in comparison with the world, and then when you think of how many people engage in like who don't just talk about football like most people just it's just the mbappe gif um every time newcastle let a goal in or something do you know what i mean like i'm not sure that those people are even engaging in in anything near that do you know what i mean i think you can just shut yourself off yeah. and live in your little your area and you know if rolling stone or you know variety or uh you know, hello or something even fucking cover what's been going on with Marilyn Manson. You might get a few people going, oh, I've heard of Marilyn Manson and I, you know, or the Daily Mail or whatever. Mm. You will get a load of people going, oh, I remember that guy Marilyn Manson. Oh, he sounded like a weirdo. Mm. And that was it. But people who actually like Marilyn Manson, they're probably not going to the Daily Mail. Like, Lord only knows what, you know, what they're interested in. It might literally be nothing. I think that's my thing. I think, I think the majority of people these days, they honestly just, I think maybe they, they just, they don't even engage a lot of I think a lot of people just don't engage in anything. I think there's quite a bit of a myth that people do engage in these sort of social media thing. I've got a mate who, like I say, like he didn't know and he's got like Marilyn Manson albums. He's got all his albums, like from up until kind of um probably like Golden Age Age of Grotesque <laughs> and stuff. And he was like, What are you talking about? Like literally did not know. Mm. Literally did not know there was even that it literally did not even know that like the pale emperor existed mm. literally mm. did not know that he'd been playing live in that period literally did not know anything about his it's like 2004 happened and dumb he said to me no good music has been made since 1999 and that to me i oh, was it this guy someone, again yeah yeah who <laughs> said yeah yeah who said um, and but the thing is is that like he's not like he's there, there's more there's more of him than there is of me yeah, that that is true. Um, I think I, if I was talking to Merlin. Sorry, because like, I thought this was really funny. I was talking to Merlin the other day, and he was saying, "Mel from obviously from Metal Hammer," and he was like, "My mate, we used to go to gigs together when we were kids." This is another person, not my mate, but yeah. his mate. Mm -hmm. Used to go together when he was kids, and the, like all the time, used to go to gigs. Blah blah blah. And he said to him the other day, he was like, "Oh my god, I just found this new metal band the other day. Have you heard of them? They're called Lamb of God." Yeah, and yeah, his yeah, yeah. favorite music is metal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, no, no, I mean, uh, yes, these people exist and, and yes, they are probably the majority. I think the the purpose of social media is it's meant to have algorithms which um, which give you the the pieces of information that you want to see. I mean, whether those algorithms work all the time or not, we can argue the toss over whether they work or not. But in theory, I think if you liked a Marilyn Manson page or something like that on Facebook or Instagram or followed him or whatever, I'd be stunned if you then didn't find out that you that find out what had happened. Um, you know. I think it's all do you click on it? Like how how I mean if you're like that, like You don't even need to click about, on it though, I, do you? You only need to scroll well, past it. Yeah, but you scroll past it and you go sexual allegations and you just go, oh okay. And that's it. If you and that you might it might not even end, it's still got to enter your brain. I mean, I think that's the thing as well. It's like it still has to actually mm. physically enter your brain. And some people just there's like a, 
they're just not even they're not really paying attention to the world as no. it happens and i think that is a very real thing i'm not i'm you know i, I think I, we've got off we've i got massively off we topic. have got off topic <laughs> I, do, I do agree with you but I, I think this is an interesting discussion you know i do i do agree i do understand what you're saying um i mean i just looked up how many global twitter users there are there's 187 million which if you're going well there's seven point what is it 7.4 billion people on the planet yeah. there's, you know yeah compared to that 187 isn't 187 million isn't a lot. There's still a lot of people, though. 187 million there's still people. There's a lot of people, but there's a you know a lot of them are bots. A lot of them are people who just mm. follow football. A lot of them are people who just. I mean, you know, when you think of like a lot of them just want to talk about politics. Mm -hmm. A lot of them just want to talk about football. A lot of them just want to talk about basketball or American football or wrestling or do you know what I mean? Like how yeah. much you know yeah. you're siphoning out so much, and then you go right. You just want to talk about music. All right, how much of that is? just taylor swift how much of that is just the bts army how much of that is just people talking about justin bieber how many people is that just talking about harry styles loads siphon mm. it right down even more how many of that people is talking about metal i mean that is an absolutely minuscule amount of people a minuscule amount of people. It, it, it is in the grand scheme of things but in reality yeah. in reality it's not a minuscule amount of people i understand what you're saying yeah it's a, it depends mm. how you look at it. Uh, it, it it is still millions of people but yes it is it's very small yeah i get what you're saying yeah. um yeah. so I, I just think that like it's a real fucking uphill battle to I, I think my point is is that things can seem like a really really big deal when they happen on social media and blah 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 and in this case, that has translated into real world action. Yeah. But it often but it often doesn't. And it rarely and it's particularly within our scene, I think, particularly within the kind of alternative music scene, the rock scene, the metal scene, I think it's all well and good us kind of sitting around together and hashtagging stuff that we think is bad and sniffing our own farts and blah and all this kind of stuff. It doesn't actually usually translate into significant action really in my, this case my, it has i guess my point is is this not the beginning of that beginning to happen it may, because it may well be yeah because well be. because we'll of see. this new attitude that we've had post me too and that i think that generally is a great thing obviously we've we've had loads of conversations about around you know all this kind of thing before and we have mm. um mixed feelings on it to say the very very least but i think i think the fact that this is an example where it is translating to a real world thing uh is 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 a great thing to see that's awesome. but i think as well i think to my final point that would be it's translating to a real world thing that may that will still and you know again no shade on all london at all for doing it and fair mm. play to them for removing one of the big kind of money makers from their mm. bill mm. but it's doing something that's going to remove them that I think will confuse a lot of people that it will confuse that people will literally be like, huh? And mm. I think like in terms of actually, it'll be a lot of people who already knew a very, very small minute amount of people patting themselves on the back for getting it done. I don't think it will change the overall attitude to the Antwerp is what I generally, genuinely, generally think. I don't yeah. think, I think it, there might be a few people like I now I'm like, fucking hell, I don't really want to go near them again. Mm. But, um, but I think in general, in, in the kind of, in a, in a wider, grander point, um, you know, I, I don't know what it will, what will change. Fucking Bob Villain, Vand, Architects, little snitches, aren't they? Little <laughs> <laughs> but but I, like, just, just one last point to finish up on this. I mean, if other festivals take the lead, take the lead, 
you know, that old London have done and go, oh, right, well, they're not booking them, so we're not going to book them either. Mm-hmm. They won't have anywhere to play. So mm. actually, it could have quite... Well, like, we don't know yet. And I, I wouldn't want to make a judgment one way or the other as to whether, you know, this would be the end of Deanford or anything like that. Um, I, I, I don't know. But, you know, it's it, it certainly... You, you would hope and you would think that if you're responsible for booking a festival, then you would know about this story. And, and that's actually where it matters, isn't it? So the story's going to circulate there. And, and if you know n- now festivals are going to be aware that if they book Deanford, there's going to be a pushback so actually i think there's a pr- that's a pretty clear message that they could be in a pretty fucked position Difficult situation yeah mm. potentially potentially i mean we just don't know but th- this yeah this is why i wanted to talk about it because it's it's interesting and it and it's there is it lots is. of there's lots of new ones definitely interesting and yeah, there's lots yeah and there's lots to talk about and there's lots of like like uh, views on it, and I, I, I totally get it all. And I totally understand what you're, where you're coming from, and you know, being all devil's advocate and stuff. But like, I think it feels like there is a uh, a change that is beginning to happen, and that will massively affect the them as a business proposition. Like, they, I'm sure they are fucking steaming about it because bad news does spread fast. Mm. So. Yeah, I mean, I've had three tweets about getting Martin Gore shit on my dick. And <laughs> this. We haven't even released this podcast yet. Insane. <laughs> no, mad. Um, <laughs> I just brighten the mood with a little bit of <laughs> pooey willy joking there. Anyway. Um, pooey willy joking. Yeah. Oh, I so wish well we done still you, did. Well titles. done, you snitches. You got someone kicked off a festival, Bill. Miss, miss, the outward did... Oh, pathetic. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on to one of the little snitches, shall we? Um, I, I, I want to point out that I'm joking. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we should probably <laughs> make that clear. That is, that's Steve's joking. <sighs> uh, all right, let's start with... We'll start with Bob Villain. So the album's called We Live Here. This is, as I mentioned, the debut album from the UK punk grime duo. Uh, an album which features a list of collaborators, including the likes of the Fever 333's Jason Allen Butler, and lags from Gallows yeah, as well. So yeah. that's a pretty impressive um, list of, uh, well, it's only two people. It's only two people. It's a, it's a short list, but it's, it's but a list nonetheless. Two fucking but awesome people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, who, who, who we like very much, even though, you know, I don't really like Fever 333, as discussed, but I do like Jason still. Whatever happens, I'm always going to like Jason. Um, this has been getting a fair bit of attention from a lot of people for a while now, this record. and We should um, probably point out here that it was actually released last year. The The reason that oh. I'm I'm saying that we can cover it is because it was re-released this year, uh, February 12th, with two... Uh, two additional tracks which i actually think well spoiler alert i think are probably two of the best songs on the record so um but we'll we'll get into that a little bit later yeah so i mean it it seems like this has been getting a bit of attention the thing uh, bob villain has been building for a little while now Mm. i think um and bobby villain the the front man of the band seems to be as we've already discussed in this show already a very outspoken honest articulate passionate gentleman yeah i like the cut of his jib i have to mm, say yeah yeah yeah, me too he's got someone compared him to akala now akala Ah. is uh is is 
just an unbelievably brilliant human being. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've I heard Akala's talking on the uh, Distraction Pieces podcast, which was yeah. fucking brilliant. And um, uh, his book Natives is has been highly recommended to me. I've not got around to um, reading it yet, but yes, yes, look, I, I'm well yeah, aware. Just of Just every time he goes on some sort of panel talking about yeah anything, he just fucking schools everything. Yeah, he's I like bro- him. He's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Um. So, you know, there is there's a touch of this and uh I think we've spoken about the kind of I guess the punk hip hop um melding and um crossover thing that's been happening from the likes of I guess well Fever 33 I suppose is a pretty obvious one horror mm. the Nova Twins mm. um I think have have been doing that sort of thing as well and it's always something where I go I like the idea of this mm. where are the songs Mm-hmm. Where's the, do you know what I mean? It's something which I'm always a bit like, no one's really done this to the standard of it, like Scarlord. No one's really done this song-wise to the standard that I would expect. Now, this is a debut record put out DIY style. So uh, I, think I, I think it's kind of, well, it's like uh, their third or fourth EP. I, th- I think we can call this an EP because it's like oh, okay. 23 you minutes long. I'd say, Ten I'd songs. Say it's Ten songs. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, well, the original I mean, the original release was eight. Um, I mean, that still could be an album. Well, eight okay, songs. all right, fine. But it's, I mean, it's, okay, they're early. I, I, I would early. call ten. I would call ten songs a record. An okay, album, yeah, 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 personally. But I, mean, I, mean, I don't know how. I, you know, the the whole thing, and this is the deluxe edition, is twenty three minutes and nineteen seconds, and that includes mm. about a minute of silence as well. Um, mm. So yeah. one minute silence, isn't it? It's one minute silence. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I wish they were as good as one minute silence. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, they, they are. Uh, but you know, I, I think what my point was as a kind of debut, shouldn't really strictly expect the finished article from mm, uh, mm, a, a band this early on. And um, there are definitely things to enjoy about this record. I think definitely, mm-hmm. um, certainly, you know, I. The, they feel like frustrating listens a lot of these albums because I feel like I always want to like them, but I always just kind of at best I'm like it's okay. And for me, this is another one of those albums where I'm like, this is a good idea, but it's actually really, it's okay. Basically, is I, my feelings on it. I was really quite enthusiastic to cover this because I think it's better than okay. Personally, I certainly think it's very rough. And it's not, it's certainly not the finished product. I think, um, actually, I think the, the, I really like Bobby Villain himself. I think, I think, I think his, um, sort of lyrics and his approach, his really direct approach in terms of kind of like taking apart like the country and what's happening in the, in the, the UK at the moment, it reminds me of Grey Britain, you know, in its kind of scathing acerbic, like, this country is fucked and I'm fucking furious about it. Um, and, and I think, you know, that, that is not a light thing to say at all. It, 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 it has that same kind of intensity to it as well. I don't think, you know, I'm not saying the songs are as good as Great Britain, but I mm. think in terms of the attack and what, and what he's saying, um, it's really, really good. Uh, I think the kind of beats and the music itself, there's a kind of, I think there are good songs on this record yeah. but i think they're buried under a middling production job the majority of the record is self-produced 
And I don't think the production um, does them a great bit of service. Really interestingly, I think one of the most interesting songs sonically on the record is Lynch Your Leaders. And it's the only song that isn't produced by them. I don't think right. Lynch Your Leaders is the, so is the best song on the record. Mm. But in terms of the way that it is executed, I think it is the best song on the record. And... I think it says a lot. I, I mean, I, I, I noticed that straight away, but I didn't, I didn't know it was produced by someone else. And then I looked at the credits. So I was like, oh, right, that's why it's more successful than the others mm. in its production. Um, but I think there are some really cool ideas on here and there's some really, really cool stuff. I mean, some of the seething kind of rage in like the intro song is this country is finished, but they're proud to be British. Who are they kidding? Price of life is on the rise and this country is making a killing. It's really, it's really acerbic and it's really direct. And I love that about it. I think it's really cool. Yeah. I mean, I think bobby villain himself has got some great things to say yeah he's got a pretty unique voice as well mm. um i think the naked aggression on the title track is yeah. is, is great i think this yeah. is a record which has some really um astonishingly great straightforward block in the face like it is a fucking fist in the face yeah. of naked aggression but kind of very you know thematically passionate and furious and rightly furious i think my problem is is i think that musically i i would like more from this band i think the first song that's that opens the record is is very kind of you know is is very rudimentary. It's a bit of a slow start, isn't it? It's a slow start. It's, it sort of sets a stall out for, I think, mm. what is my main problem with this record is that the, the music of this record is very simple. And mm. his flow, as much as I like him, mm. his flow as a rapper is not that impressive. I mean, I think the fact that when Jason Butler comes in, Jason Butler sounds, I mean, r tough to, to kind of have to go kind of round for round with with jason butler who as a vocalist can do anything pretty mm, much can't mm. he um so i don't think that's i don't think that's an insult to say you're not as good as jason butler but i think i would like to hear more kind of invention from the the, the sort of the flow you know we're going to talk about i mean spoiler alert we're going to talk about um genesis of wusu in a bit and i think mm. when you listen to the, him and then you listen to that you know like, oh, i mean it's there's there's you know there's a an ocean between them in terms of like what they what he appears to be capable of as an mc um i like the kind of like i say the raw naked aggression of this record is fucking great um but musically i think it's it's a bit one note it's a bit one it's a it's a it's just a bit rudimentary i think is the thing it just feels like quite naked and i think there are so many artists at the moment in both rock music and crossover and especially in hip-hop you know when we think that we talk about clipping yeah right yeah do you know what i mean you think we talk about clipping we think we talk about that last zealand album like mm. the bar mm. for kind of socially conscious um you know uh hip-hop uh, like rock tinged hip hop or hip hop with a kind of experimental avant-garde hip hop. Yeah. When you think of what is being done in in that genre right now, 
uh, this feels very kind of you know 1988 to me i think i i certainly agree that uh i would have been way more excited about this record five years ago and i think there are things that are happening in the avant-garde side of hip-hop that um have pushed the goalposts out a little bit um i don't entirely agree with you on um bobby villain's flow i don't think um I, I, I we're going to get onto Genesis Owusu later, and I do prefer Genesis Owusu in terms of his MC stuff, but I don't think there's an ocean between them. I think he's pretty good uh, on this record, and and certainly, um, I mean, I I yes, when Jason Butler comes in, I think it's he's like good when he's being a punk singer to, to like, just to kind of clarify, I think he's 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 a, he's a good punk singer. Okay, is yeah, what yeah, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. sure. He's, I think he's a good punk vocalist he's a good hardcore vocalist i'm not sure he's a good mc hmm. what i would say maybe maybe i think the fact that when jason butler came in i was like whoa you could you could be uh <laughs> having jason butler on your record i mean like the amount of time it could have been an architect situation with simon neil it's like hmm, bringing in bringing in that vocalist is going to really undercut your main vocalist if you do that and i think the fact that it doesn't is is uh, a really really positive sign in fact in a way if anything jason butler sounds absolutely fucking ferocious and the most kind of uh he sounds the most let livy he has done since yeah. let live he even makes a reference to the blackest beautiful and all that kind of thing it's not actually a reference to the album but you know there's even like a nod and a wink to that and i think if anything it does a disservice to fever 333 to be honest and and i've been you know far um kinder to fever 333 than you have in the past but bar you know that song pulled pork mm. bar the very first ep that fever 333 did made in america which i still think is fucking great and i still regularly listen to i think it's probably better than anything fever 333 have done um so for me i think yeah, it does I, I, I absolutely agree with that yeah, yeah so i, I think it it, it does more of a disservice to them <laughs> than it does to bob villain certainly and that says quite a lot when both you and i continue even even with our slight despondency well my slight despondency your absolute despondency with fever 333 we still continue to go on about what an incredible front man jason butler is you know um mm. so i think that says a lot i don't know if i'd say that the record's one note i mean it's very short um it's one note compared to some of the stuff we're going to cover later um but you know there are some tracks which are kind of england's ending is a far like there's very little punk in that at all it's a far more kind of electronic kind of hip-hoppy thing i don't think they're as successful when they're doing that they are at their best when they're being a punk band yeah i i mean when i say one note i should probably i mean this is not i mean it's it, this is actually this is not a one note album um no. and that's not really what i meant what i meant is as i think that it kind of rides along whatever it's doing it do, kind of does one of two things mm -hmm. and i think whatever it does there's not enough variation during that i mean what again what we're about to talk about straight after this mm -hmm. when you think what punk rock can be mm -hmm. um <laughs> you go ah you know like I, and you know this is like you know I love Minor Threat and I love Bad Brains and Black Flag and all that stuff is great. But I just think in the year 2021, that genre has moved on so much and you kind of forgive those bands. Like If a band came out now, when Black Flag put that album out and we spoke about it on Broken Records and we were like, oh God. But, you know, um, I, yeah, I don't think this album is bad. I, I would What I would like to say to Bob Villain is that you 
have the potential, I think, to be a much better band musically than you've shown on this record. I don't think that's an insult, right? I don't no. think that's an insult. I think that's I saying you have got so much passion, you have got so much energy, you've got so much ferocity inside you, you've got so much anger that clearly needs to get out. You say some fucking incredibly yeah. blunt, acerbic and inspiring things. I am I am willing to kind of go I want to hear what that guy has to say. Totally. Like, you know, I just we brought up a Carla at the start. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I want to hear what Bobby Villain has to say. Totally. One hundred percent, hundred million percent. Right. I just think you mentioned Great Britain. Think about what a varied, stylistically swerving, brilliantly captured record that is. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And you can he they could do that yep. if they did that. And again, you know, when we talk about Genesis of Wusu and you go, oh right, well, like musically, this is what you can be. You can literally t- musically take my breath away. Whereas this is like, oh yes, it's quite a cool punk song. I want your country back. I heard you want your country back is a is a bit of a banger. You know what I mean? It's got a bit of a rage mm-hmm. machine guitar, mm-hmm. it's got mm-hmm. a big bounce to it. The lyrics are fucking cool. It sounds yep. great. Like, but you can be, I just think this band can be loads better than this. It can be loads better. I don't think it's an insult to say that. This is not mm. me saying this is a bad record. This is me saying that potentially they could be fucking amazing. And I don't think they're quite, it would be, It would. I, I'd feel like I'd be doing them a disservice to just be like, oh, this is great guys. Because it, it might be great for some people. It might be great for people who aren't capable of anything more than this. You can be capable of a lot more than this. Just be really fucked. Just be as, you know, be as kind of, passionate and inventive with your actual music yeah as you are with the message that you're trying to put across i agree i don't think the music is bad but it is lacking compared to what bob villain is doing and there is a noticeable gap between those two things i really really wanted to chuck this in because a quite a few of you suggested it but also b it's it's all about the potential here now when Mm. we talk about you know Nova Twins, uh, Horror, Fever 333. I think all of those bands had a kind of um, potential in lots and lots of ways. You know, when I first saw Horror Live, I was like, fucking hell, this is insane. And then Mm. I get the records. I'm like, oh, they can't write songs. That's a shame. Mm. Fever 333 still stunned me live. I will, you know, I still think they're fucking amazing live, even if I do have a few issues with them live in, Mm. you know, they say they sell out venues when they don't. uh, And there's too much on tracks. Jump jump up and down to backing tracks. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But, um, you know, they and they came out with what i still think is a killer first ep but it's kind of tapered off since then um mm. nova twins again like i when i saw them I think, yeah we should probably say nova twins have done one album so they yeah. would be in the similar i i i'd be more willing to to remove nova twins from that situation mm. because mm-hmm. they're in the, more in the same boat i think although i prefer i have to say i prefer this to the nova twins album oh comfortably yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. and i and I, th- I think there's been a lot of bands who've started with that absolute promise and then for whatever reason it's gone to shit um you know I just mean, look just at, look, don't look at get the jump look at the jump loathe made from yes first album to second yes quite quite so it can happen it can happen but it, it but you need to make the right decisions the right calls work with the right people don't call john feldman for fuck's sake um you know you need to do you need to do the right things and talk to the right people and you could get there and and um he absolutely deserves it it is not quite there yet 
Having said that, I can't fucking wait to see them live. I reckon they, I bet they rip live. I bet they're brilliant. Yeah. But then, you know, horror are fucking brilliant live. They're still not a good band, but they're great live, you know. Um, so a FIFA 333, I don't think they're a great band, but they're fucking excellent live. So, yeah. but you need more than that to be fucking amazing. And yeah, the potential is there, but yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I I agree to be honest. Like I just think I mean like I say with Loathe, if Loathe's first album had come out and we'd have gone this is the best thing. Oh mm. my god, it's amazing. And I had a few people at the time because I think I reviewed it for Hammer mm. and I gave it 7, which mm. I thought was, you know, pretty you know, debut album by a band. You want to be nice to them and stuff, mm -hmm. you know, you want to say mm -hmm. like this is nice. And and but but I couldn't go, oh, this is such a great debut album because I didn't think it was. No. But but again, and, The Cold Sun was just full of potential and then Loathe yeah. totally totally yeah. ran, ran a million yeah. yeah like the jump was massive it was huge. make that bigger jump make that bigger yeah. jump can you yeah. they make that big who used to make a similar jump this duo these two guys sit down and go right we're gonna fucking keep all the shit that is great about this album you know like you say the acerbic anger the righteous energy the fucking you know the disgust and the fury yeah. and all that stuff and they go let's actually musically try and match that with something super inventive and super kind of yeah i think i think they they could do something really amazing yeah i agree um but this is pretty good mm -hmm. i mean definitely keep your eye on bob villain i think that's uh that's a good record so there yeah. you go that's the first album we're talking about it is by bob villain it's called we live here it is out and has been out for a while we it's live out. here. <laughs> that's how it goes. Yes, that's just how it goes. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, we're going to move on. The next album we're going to talk about comes from a band called For Your Health. The album is called In Spite Of. It is the, is this the full length debut album again? It, it is. Short as fuck. Are we going to yeah. call it an album? I mean, this is really short. I'm going to call this an album. Uh, yeah. 12 songs, minutes. 17 minutes and 20 seconds. Yeah. Uh, they are from Columbus, Ohio. They, Ohio. They are hardcore loons. And oh, I haven't mentioned this this week, Renfrey. But this was like a good point to bring it up. I feel about this very similarly how to our, how I feel about our recent broken record on Naomi Campbell's album. Baby <laughs> okay, in what respect? Uh, by the way, go and listen to our recent broken record on Baby Woman by Naomi Campbell. It was a fun time. Yeah, Naomi's not. Naomi's not listened to it yet because um, I haven't got a I haven't got any emails from Cease her lawyers yet. Anyway, basically, I like that Naomi Campbell album because it reminded me of stuff I used to like from the nineties. Ah, and I see where the through line is. Right, this yeah. reminds me of all the stuff that I used to like in my early twenties, growing up. All the mad shit that I loved. Like the Judas Factor and Poison Well and Drowning Man and early Dillinger Escape Plan and Nora and early 18 Visions and basically anything that was on sort of Trust Kill Records mm -hmm. back in about 2000. Uh, there, there is a style and a sound to that kind of mathy, metallic hardcore, yeah, which um, just sort of went away for a little while didn't it? it kind of went away even the big boys from that scene kind of obviously botch split up converge started doing something far grander and the dillinger escape plan just really became the, our generation's faith no more in a lot of, or that generation's faith no more in mm -hmm. a lot of ways and just did their own thing completely mm. well I, I never really expected to hear something that sounded like that but it's sort of been coming back over the few years i'd say even though they didn't stay like it too long, Vane 
Um, I interviewed Vane back when they first came out and they were talking about Coalesque and Ink and Dagger mm. and all that kind of stuff. And it feels like there's a bunch of young kids who have gone back and somehow, for some reason, managed to discover these long lost, brilliant kind of math metal hardcore records. And I, I never thought it would come back, but it's back. It's back with a bloody vengeance in this case. You're talking about metalcore before it became really um, uh, sort of watered down and rubbish, <laughs> basically. Mm. Um, yeah, there's a very ADHD nature to this record, I would say. Nothing sits still for very long at all. Uh, as we said, it races through 12 songs in 17 minutes and 20 seconds. I'd say the average length of a song on this record is maybe a minute and a half a minute 40 seconds i mean it's just mad um they mm. share the same energy as you've already mentioned fane i think they have a similar sort of energy to pupil slicer as well yeah. and portrayal of guilt um although the band they remind me the mo of the most i would say um in terms of recent times is the Calisteo boys and because of that because of that, I was a little unsure as to whether you would like this or not. But I'm I'm very pleased to say that you... Because you didn't dislike the Calisteo Boys record, but I think you found the vocals sometimes a little bit too knowingly zany, wacky. Is that correct? Yeah, a little bit. I didn't really feel that with this. I mean, I was going to bring up Gift from God, yes. um, Frail Body, yes. uh, and See You Space Cowboy. All of those artists are absolutely applicable. Alongside it as well. Yep. Yep. Um, I think it sits more in that. I really, really do like this. I think this is obviously going to appeal to my mind to someone who has grown up with this stuff and has got really pissed off with what Metalcore and Emo became. Hello. Um, that is me and you, isn't it? <laughs> um, but I think it's more me than it is you as well, in some yeah. ways. But, but yeah. equally, if you've never really been exposed to this sort of thing at all, then I think you might love it as well. I mean, I genuinely feel like it's been plucked from a time capture. I think more than any of these bands, I feel like this has been plucked from a 2001 trust kill records time capsule <laughs> it, it really has like push the fucking rock sissy i mean uh, the titles are just so the titles goes are into, ridiculous yeah. yeah goes into this kind of revelation records double time punk that no one seems to have done for years there's a 14 second long song all of those bands used to have yeah. a song that was like 13 seconds or yeah, nine yeah, seconds yeah. or something i guess Everything comes back in the end, doesn't it, Renfrew? Well, it I, comes back in the it, end. It's interesting. I'm glad you pointed out Push the Fucking Rock Sissy. Um, it, I thought it started sounding like Death Heaven. And then it heads into, because it, it's quite blast beaty and intense. And then it heads into more sort of Touche Amore kind of territory before going into a very coheed and cambia kind of prog type thing. Yeah. Before there's this beautiful ascending pattern, which gradually slows the song to a halt. And they managed to do all of that in one minute and 49 seconds. It is absolutely like it does not. It it. I was about to say it doesn't take a pause for breath, but I. I it, but it actually does manage to as well. It does manage to. It isn't just all chaos. It isn't all just like screaming bit, in your face constantly. There's a bit where everything cuts out. And there's just kind of a kind of quarrel vocal. Yeah, thing, a quite yeah, yeah, like, yeah. There's a really cool like choral vocal bit. Um, there's a song called Abscess makes the Abscess makes the heart grow fonder. It's only a minute long. But it has a quite a nice sort of gentle modern emo feel to it, almost, mm. you know. Um, and this calm, serene mood is immediately dissipated entirely as the band steamroller into the day of the black sun, which is 
fucking amazing. Sounds like the most fucked up, distorted, experimental shit that a band like Converge would do. Like early Converge, you know, really, really incredible. Um, but there's also these really cool sections. There's one song... Uh, they're an incredibly malleable band, I would say. Sections seemingly like speed up during some moments and then slow down during others. It feels like they're a band who are like constantly watching each other and what they're doing. And like, it feels liquidy, the record, rather than a solid. It feels like a liquid mm. rather than a solid. Fucking hell, that's an yeah, no, myself that's thing to say. But you know what I mean. Um, you know, one minute... That's what Martin Gore's going to say to me. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, a little bit sick in my mouth there. One moment, <laughs> like, so one moment they're screaming in your face and everything is right up in the red. Like, everything is in the red. And then the mm -hmm. next, there's a beautiful two and a half minute instrumental that recalls, like, the cleanly picked likes of TTNG or American football. And yeah, it all works. And it all sounds really cohesive because they just chuck themselves into it with so much gay abandon. Mm -hmm. Um it's it's great and and they're really antagonistic as well um i saw a tweet from them uh, a couple of weeks ago basically saying so why haven't the press acknowledged that we've re released the, the album of the year yet and shit like that i'm like oh brilliant good for you because it is fucking <laughs> i think brilliant. uh i think jamie from code orange runs her twitter actually so <laughs> <that's> my... <laughs> um yeah I, I i like this record a lot i mean it's 17 minutes and you sort of go cool i could i could probably i mean i know I normally go, oh, you know, brevity is great. And I think the, I think I, I actually, I, I fucking adore the brevity of it. 17 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Like it's that burnt by the sun four yeah. track EP, yeah. six minute long thing. Um, yeah. I actually was like, oh, I, I could probably, I could have handled three more, three or four more minutes of that. I could have. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, yeah. but at the, at the same time, it, it, that seems to be the only negative that we said about it. And if you're saying if the only negative so far is, you know, it's too short, that's hardly, that's, that's like the best negative thing that can be said about your album, isn't it? Basically. Yeah. It's too yeah, short. Yeah. Uh, also they, they got 7.8 on Pitchfork and it feels like a real feels like a real old school Pitchfork album as well. I was like, fucking hell, that might have been their score from when this album was actually released in 2001. Because <laughs> it must have been, surely. Um, also, <laughs> I slept with Wes Isold and all I got was an out-of-court settlement. That is a great song title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. is so good. Yeah, um, save your breath. You're going to need uh, You're gonna need it to blow my head off. Uh, you're so United 93. We're so Flight 180. I mean, absolutely stupid, like Fallout Boy-esque uh, song titles, but, you know, amusingly so. Uh, I'm into yeah, I like it. this. Yeah. I'm I'm very much into it. It's called uh, In Spite Of. It's by a band called For Your Health. If you have got any interest in any of those bands, it feels like a long time since I've actually really loved one. Because what I tend to do is go, oh, I've got to love this shit. But then when I want to listen to that sort of thing, I tend to go back to the stuff from the time. And what I would say is, if, again, if there is uh, the, the very, very slight criticism of this, is, is this going to make me never listen to, you know, Drowning Man? Or it, when I fancy listening to this, am I going to go to this? Or am I going to go to something which I've been listening to for 20 years? I'm not sure. Because there's not many of them that I have. I have continued to listen to Pupil Slicer and I have continued to listen to um, Gift From God. Hmm. I haven't even really listened to Vane that much. And I did think, I mean, that Arizona is a really great debut album, yeah. but you know, new metal, as we were discussing a little bit, actually is very much back. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, 
I don't know. I don't know if I would definitely. I mean, because it's six, because it's only seventeen minutes long. Maybe I would go like, oh fuck it, I'm going to whack that one on because it's you know a new thing and blah blah blah. But you know, they're really not doing anything original, is what I would also say. It's very much a like I say, it, it's a time capsule thing that has been pulled out. But they're very good at it. You could argue that. I mean, I think I, I would reserve judgment as to like, am I going to go back to this loads or not until I've seen them live frankly mm. uh because um i think that can have a massive uh effect on those things sometimes i listen to an album a little bit i'm like oh this is really cool then i see them live and i suddenly i'm just caning that album for ages so who yeah. knows um but um i do really really like i think this is really really cool and i like i like their attitude and all that kind of thing um obviously most people just stream music these days but you can actually buy this entire record for one dollar off their Bandcamp page and i think music like this should be supported and it's one fucking dollar so mm. um how about you do that if you like the sound of it just a suggestion yeah. but yes all right there you go um in spite of by for your health that's that that is done our next album we've already mentioned this actually it's genesis awusu smiling with no teeth the debut album from the australian-based Ghanaian-born hip-hop soul singer there's a fair bit of fucking buzz surrounding this record as well renfrey mm. um this came out on the 5th of march 2021 which is this year i don't know why i <laughs> felt like i had to specify the year when we're in case you'd forgotten or someone's listening to this in like 2024 for, for some reason um but anyway yeah um this has got some fucking unbelievable scores i think it's got a 86 percent out of 100 that's percent again on metacritic <laughs> so it's got an 86 86 out of 100 yeah <laughs> out, of, out of 100 on, Met, on metacritic um I, I, you know, I'd never, I, I didn't know who this guy was. I didn't know where he come from, but, uh, this is fucking excellent. This record. Mm, yeah. Fucking yeah. excellent. I'm not sure exactly what Genesis Awusu is as an artist, but he is giving me some very lovely Andre 3000 vibes, particularly <laughs> the kind of love below era version of Andre 3000. I it's, I absolutely love this record. It's I, I cannot even hold in how much I love it. I love it. It's interesting when you point out, like, don't know exactly what it is. I mean, yeah, it, it is quite a difficult thing to put your finger on, isn't it? You, you said sort of soul hip hop. And I kind of raised my eyebrow a little bit there because, like, is there lots of hip hop on this record? I think as it goes on, like, he's he's he raps sometimes but he also sings sometimes that like it's really really i'm not saying it definitely i'm not saying it absolutely is not hip-hop but i i think there are i think there's a lot more soul and r&b in it and stuff like that there are people who have called him uh called it hip-hop and he's certainly a rapper he's rapping at times on this but that's yeah. that's I, the thing the fact that you can't put your beats. finger on it is is mm. is what's what's exciting about it. I think. Yeah, the beat. I also I think. I think there's a kind of there's an almost kind of modernized. There's a kind of modernized um, G funk stroke, almost mm. new jack swing in some parts. Kind of modernization of 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 what he's doing. So he kind of managed to straddle. I mean, I think you know it's it, yeah you know I think soul and funk and yeah. parts of like. Uh, almost, you know there's there's bits like black dogs which is almost like a yeah. kind of punk song yeah yeah um yeah and it's got but that's i mean again like when when you when i'm talking about a kind of hip-hop soul singer doing a punk rock you know when we're talking about bob villain you go like oh well, it's a little bit rudimentary and you know while i wouldn't say the song black dogs is as aggressive in any way as mm. as 
Bob Villain, but it kind of highlights what I'm saying because it's musically, it's a punk song, but it's got this amazing flow and a weird bit of Eastern horns in it. It's got this kind of whispered female backing vocal. It's got this incredible, almost Steve Harris slap of the bass, it's like mm-hmm. Steve Harris funk, <laughs> like mm-hmm. bassline going mm-hmm. through it. Yep. And it's, it's fucking brilliant. I mean, mm. yeah, Black Dogs is a great song. Fucking brilliant. Uh, it, it, like, you know, it's so good. You've got the, I mean, the title track has this slow creep, really kind of sexy swinging, awesome slow creep to it. Centerfold is, you know, electric bass. And like I say, that kind of new Jack swing thing. It's got a bit of early noughties house to it. I mean, was it, did it, was it you mentioned the chemical brothers in relation to this record? No, it wasn't. no, it was not. Else. No. Okay. So, I th- oh, it was Merlin because I said to Merlin, well, I was listening to it and I said to Merlin at Hammer, I was like, mate, you need to check this album out. I think you'll really like it. And he came back straight away and he was like, there's some kind of mid noughties Chemical Brother isms to the, the, which, you know, I was like, mm. I'm not really sure about that. But then when I listened back to it and the first song, The Other Black Dog, has got that kind of, you know, in the chemical, that kind of almost euphoric party Chemical Brother mm-hmm. stuff from that they were doing around sort of 2000 you know the early part of the the 2000s really cool rising lilting flow that he has in that song as well um yeah man i mean don't need you is my favorite on it i don't need you i don't need like absolutely amazing throbbing kind of yarling but really kind of beautiful as well Uh, it's so good this record it's so good I yeah I, I I agree with a lot of what you're saying there. I think um, my reference point for this record is is Beastie Boys, but the reason why it's the reference point is just because yes. it goes into so many different genres. I don't think it strictly sounds like Beastie Boys. I just mm. I just think it's really varied and eclectic. Um, so yeah, uh, that that's kind of the closest I I can get with my slightly limited knowledge on this sort of stuff. Well, I totally understand that because again, mm. I mean, I just mentioned the sort of Eastern thing and that that like Buddhist Eastern thing that the Beasties brought in sort of post check yeah. for songs here and there, and you know, definitely like the 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 lucid liquid funk of yeah. of of you know stuff like Flutterman's Rule that the Beasties did is. Mm present on much of this record mm. you know that kind of stuff that's driven by an organ or mm-hmm. like it feels it's like you know it, the difference between um like not to be too kind of i guess not to be too kind of obvious about it or too i don't know um to say something and be like oh that that's the way it is but like our oh, modern hip-hop it's very thin sounding i think some of some modern hip-hop for me suffers from not having enough uh real instrumentation you uh, know but yeah absolutely uh, i think you know a lot of stuff that i listen to unless they really unless it's something like clipping yeah who you know yeah. who are always going to be the people i fucking go mm-hmm. to but but and you know a lot of the stuff that i listen to and i'm like you're like you want that kind of lo-fi sort of crumpled up newspaper sound to to your beats and stuff that kind of very soft sounding beat with not a lot going on around it and that's fine Mm -hmm. like that's a stylistic decision for a lot of artists but for me hearing a what appears to be like a full soul band yeah pretty much throughout the entirety of this record yeah yeah makes this an 
a, like a real kind of a really colorful record yeah a, a, a large part of the reason that i respond positively to this record and i'm you know just not bothered by a lot of other records like this although it's difficult to think of many records like this admittedly but uh is the fact that owasu has a backing band throughout the record that provide that um very a real variety of sounds and music for Owasu to kind of uh, either rap over or croon over or sing over or whatever he's choosing to do because he <laughs> does quite a lot of different things and uh, the first five album the first five minutes of this album has more musical variety of it uh, on it than the majority of you know mainstream artists who are releasing music within this oh, i was about to say within this genre within whatever the genre is but you know it's it's really 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 varied um and of course it makes it all the better for it i think um i'm sort of surprised you've not mentioned drown because it has a really sort of i, I think drown is a fucking amazing song which has this strange mm-hmm. 80s-esque kind of yeah you'll have better reference points for it than i do but i i like that <laughs> i wanted to bring it up because it's an 80s type song that i really yeah, like it is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good yeah it's really good um i think whip cracker is fucking great i love the brilliant mm. juxtaposition between those quite chilled out bell-like synths and Oasu's rap calling out people who act like dicks and get away with it basically it feels like he's calling out a lot of uh, his contemporaries maybe who knows um and then it turns into this odd funk thing mixed with some sort of ascending synth pattern like red hot chili peppers meets i don't know something um it it's great like it's so difficult to like pinpoint what is happening on on the record i think that is actually its strength um Mm. I love a song about fishing. Uh, it is literally a song about fishing. Um, yeah, but it actually it's, is. A, it's, a, it's about. It's, a, it's not a, an ironic no. title at all. Is but it? it's it's just got a wicked chorus. Um, it's really, really, really cool. I like it a lot. Um, I don't think this record is perfect. Um, I well, hey, it's too long. I think it's too long. I do think it's too long. I think there are. I think it gets better as it goes on. I think it kind of revs hmm. up and and sort of I don't think it starts poorly, but it starts and it's kind of interesting and all right and and gets really good towards the end, I think. Um I think there are a few moments like for example, I'm, I'm sure you're going to turn around to me and like, "Well, what would you take off it?" Well, um there's like there's two songs on it, Centerfolds and Waiting on Ya. And Centrefolds is like, I don't dislike either of the songs, but they come back to back with one another and they are relatively similar. And I kind of feel like waiting on you is probably surplus to requirements, especially considering it's almost six minutes and basically does almost almost the same thing that Centrefolds has just done, um, but better, for example. Um, so, you know, if there were like, there are bits and pieces here where I'm like, well, I'd probably nix that and I'd probably take that away and like it would make it a better record overall. Because uh, it is, it is, is it 15 tracks, 14 it's 50, tracks? It's 15 tracks. It's 53 minutes and 54 seconds long. Um, I can't really argue with the fact that maybe it could be a little bit shorter. I mean, I have to say, when the sun's out and this record's on, hmm. I think you could double the fucking length of it and be <laughs> fine because it's just a lovely, lovely place to inhabit. I think hmm. um, I actually, I, I really, I, I feel like the second half of the record is probably a much more varied and interesting half of the record. I feel like the first half is just so much fun. 
that mm. I probably wouldn't change it personally. This does feel like a record of two halves. And it's funny that you said you prefer the second half because yeah. I I just I, I I think this I do think the second half is 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 more challenging and more interesting and more varied and more well, sort of nuanced and different. But that I do like think me. The, <laughs> yeah, but I do think the first half is just so straightforwardly enjoyable i think it's unbelievably catchy i think it's got some amazing hooks it's got some amazing bass mm. parts mm. it's got some great beats it just makes you want to get up i don't think the second half quite makes you want to do that but it does something different and for that reason i think it is a long record but a record that utterly justifies its length totally justifies its length personally mm. i think because it it you know there is there's more than enough here i mean yeah you could you could take one of the let's call them bangers um, from the first half out you could mm. you could do that mm. but i have such a lovely time i mean it really you're going up to gold chains and then when it gets the title track i think that's when it starts to change a bit uh, i think smiling with no t you know smiling with no teeth the title track is like i say a much sort of slower more languid affair still very catchy and really cool and then you've got a, you know we already mentioned the sort of second half of the record but i think those first sort of you know, those first sort of seven, well, six songs and a sort of intro track are just massive amounts of instantaneous dizzy fun. It's just so great, you know, like it's it's like fucking party time. I, I, I love it. I really, really like this record a lot. I mean, yeah, I, th this is a this is a mix of kind of Andre 3000, Kanye West, Prince and Gregory Porter. <laughs> yeah that's not bad that's not bad at all um i i don't want to reduce this to stars or anything like this but just to give an idea of of what i think in terms of the length of the record i think this is a four star record that could have been a five if it had had two or three songs cut off it personally Ooh, two or three two or three songs cut off it yeah and it then feels like quite a lot to me, to be honest. Well, I said two or three, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> depending on your constitution for this kind of thing. So for me, yeah. it'd probably be three for you, maybe two. I mean, for you, maybe none. Yeah, for, you, for me, it'd be one. I would, I, I, I would, if we were going to be like super harsh, I would concede waiting on you. Uh, I, I it's mean, I wouldn't. Yeah. It's no, not bad. It's, no, it's not bad. Um, but it's a kind of classic soul song. I think it's, it's actually wicked. Yeah, but Centerfold is before it and does that better in three minutes and sixteen seconds. I don't think they're ex I don't think they're exactly the same. I think they're no, slightly differing they're very in very similar soul. <laughs> though they're pretty, you know, they're similar. Very similar yeah. to a point. Yeah. Um, I think it kind of. Anyway. I think it slows the record quite significantly, and we're talking about track three and track four. I think the sequencing is slightly. No, I don't think the sequencing's out. It's because because no, it's, it's generally great. But but you know, in, in total, you're looking at like eight minutes of the record there, where it is quite a slow Motowny pace. And I love what he is doing, but I don't need it for eight minutes. When you consider that everything else is so kind of varied and so interesting, it, like I I do think that is an actual objective issue with the record. But you know, I'm being really pernickety. Because and I'm yeah. being really, like, I'm being really, really like <laughs> anal about it yeah. because because I, I think the record overall is fucking great. I think yeah, I, I'd, I'd lose. You know, I if we were being super pernickety, I would maybe maybe you could lose one track, maybe like maybe if you did lose waiting on you, 
you it would be under the 50 minute mark at that point and it would be a quite you know a little bit more of a, a slightly more digestible listen mm. don't necessarily think that's the, a bad thing or the end of the world or whatever but i'm happy with it i i i genuinely really love this record i feel like this record will be the soundtrack to a lot of my summer to be honest it's fantastic and it's a debut which is really fucking impressive considering yeah. how how um eclectic it is um and yeah as you rightly pointed out i think the fact that there is actually a live backing band and it is like a band that is there throughout i checked the wikipedia entry and wikipedia is mm -hmm. always, always right although i think for this i can rely on it um you know th there is a specific band who are in there doing those things i think all of that is fucking wicked um yeah i think this is really 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 good i do as well and i like it more than you you do i think yeah um good smiley with no teeth is out now. It's by Genesis Awusu. We're going to move on to our next record, which comes from Youth Code and King Yusuf. It's called A Skeleton Key in the Doors of Depression. Oh, bloody hell. Uh, <laughs> quite a change in the mood, isn't it? Um, it's a split album from the Electro Duo and the Portland-based producer. Now, I haven't really gone too far into anything that either of these artists have done, although I think I did see a little bit of Youth Code when they supported it. It was completely forgotten this but i saw youth code supporting carpenter brute i think if you oh know. cool and i was like oh yeah they were good they were they were good i saw youth code uh at the 2017 edition of roadburn and i was really impressed with them live um i'd gone into the venue about halfway through their set to secure a space for where your wounds uh and i was kicking myself that i hadn't watched the whole thing because they ended up being one of the highlights of the entire festival for me and uh, the 2017 edition of roadburn was fucking incredible um and since then you know i immediately checked out their 2016 album their sophomore album commitment to complications and thought it was an absolutely brilliant and acerbic mix of Nine Inch Nails, Lightning Bolt and Health. Um, and I've had my eye on them for, yeah, ever, ever since then, basically. And I was, I was aware that a new album was in the works and for whatever reason, I missed this. I think, I think it's because it's been so bloody long. Um, you know, like, like they've released a couple of singles um in the time between their last records uh, in 2016 and now but um yeah I, I i absolutely should have been on this and i missed it for some reason but uh holy shit i love this band <laughs> uh, they usually like this rimfrey it's kind of i'd say this is kind of industrialized almost code orangisms yeah. at, at point as uh, points as well i mean i think there are other reference points that i will bring into it which you may or may not agree with me in a little bit i think um you know it's very very aggressive electronics which sounds i think it's a stylistic choice that they are dated to a particular period but i think they are definitely the, the electronic sounds that they have chosen are reminiscent of a certain period in musical history um i i i think it's not a million miles away from what they were doing on um commitments complications obviously the main key aspect is they've got king yosef with them like absolutely screaming his head off as well uh, at points ghetto blaster magazine described them as industri industrial music infused with hardcore angst which is pretty spot on i think mm. um they're do you know what's even more spot on I go think. on new metal 
Spine Shank, Static X, <laughs> Mechanical Animals, uh, Orgy, and King 810. I listened to the King 810 album after this, and I was like, oh, yeah, you sound like King 810. Now, just because they played Roadburn still doesn't mean that they don't sound like those things. Uh, what do you think about that? Because they do. Uh, um, I don't know if I'd agree with that, really. I kind of see more skinny puppy in it, throbbing gristle. Um, I mean, they've been out with skinny puppy. Um, I think they have more in common with Code Orange than they do with Spine Shank. I would say. <laughs> well, I think they do too, because they're around now at the moment. Uh, yeah. And they're a bit heavier than Spine Shank, for sure. They are quite a lot heavier. But there's also elements, definitely elements, I think, of the swell, boom, burst angst of industrial new metal. Ultra uh, Spank, Kilgore, um, maybe not fear factory i think fear factory are a little bit different uh-huh. yes yeah, skinny puppy and those sort of bands that all happened gravity kills that sort of thing uh, you know i, I don't think I, I it's weird because that wouldn't be the sort of thing that they would want to be compared to i'm no, sure no i don't think it is and i <laughs> ab'd king 810's last album with this uh-huh. and i was like i would give I, I would love to take this and that album and give someone the Pepsi challenge on some of those songs. And I honestly think you might go, hmm, they are, they are incredibly stylistically similar. Mm. Like stylistically, I think they are very, very similar to that. And I think people the, atro- the atrocious of- lyrics and the atrocious performance from David Gunn would give King 810 away though, wouldn't they? And, Sa- and Sarah Ta- that would Taylor. Be- that would be the one thing that would probably yeah. mark them out. But I think musically, if you were to listen to like a rough demo without any lyric, without any vocals on, I don't think it's a million miles away. Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, by the way. I think no. that stuff's great. No, and I, I, know, I know you're not saying it as a negative. Um, I don't know. I guess, I guess, I mean, I don't regularly listen to Spineshank. I don't regularly listen to King 810. I only listen to King 810 when I'm forced to uh, for, for work. Um, I think, I, so, hmm, yeah, it seems like a bit of a weird, I mean, I think it's far closer to Nine Inch Nails, you know. I think it's closer to Lightning Bolt and it's anarchy. I don't think King 810, I think King 810 want to be anarchic, but they're not. Um, I think there's a lot more posturing with that kind of thing. And it comes from a, basically a place that isn't genuine. Those, those albums that you're talking about. So, you know, are there sonically, uh, are there sonically similarities? Maybe, but I mean, the, the live performance of Youth Code that I saw, it didn't, it felt very if there was a genuine nature to it which i don't get from you know king 810 and all that kind of bullshit mm. but I, I i understand i mean you know you are you are doing this to annoy me slightly um but no, I I'm, do- not, I'm, not, <laughs> I, I, I'm not i'm not i'm not you're a very antagonistic like, person sounds like, that, uh, what is it looking down i was like that is a mechanical <laughs> animal style throb i think there's certain things like there's a big beat drum and bass thing on a song like burner which yeah. is just so full of like it's so like it sounds dated but it sounds like a, like i say again a bit like we were saying with um uh in spite of um it's come around you, again this stuff though, yeah yeah, it? yeah it's kind yeah. of come around and yeah. you've made a stylistic decision like so much of this is about i mean when people think of new metal they think of papa roach or hmm. lincoln park and i'm talking really more about kind of 
you know, 1996, 97, where it was a little bit more aggressive. I think, you know, like Static X to me are still, I, I like Static X. I think they're a really good band. I think they've released really good albums. I think mm-hmm. they're early on, were very kind of raw sounding, rough, industrialized kind of ministry, but with actual bouncy bits. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's anything wrong with that at all. And So you're saying you Wisconsin know, Death Trip, Static X, rather than whatever that yeah. terrible Although I, we did last year was yeah i mean you know but there's bits on this that sound a bit like an angrier version of orgy like they just they just are i think I, I i understand what you're saying i think the difference is i think orgy take from an absolutely tiny pool of influences and um youth code are clearly a band who are listening to fucking loads of stuff um so like groove metal anarcho punk um goth music mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah so i think you know like the i don't think the the influences are actually that different i just think this is like a kind of cranked up a really super cranked up um the, the one the, the the only difference to me would be kind of what you insinuated before is this doesn't appear to have any kind of commercial aspiration whatsoever Mm -hmm. this isn't written or designed with any kind of idea of getting in the mainstream but i don't think the approach or the sonics of it is massively that different if i'm being totally honest and people i don't i don't get like funny about that but i'm sorry in my head that's not even an insult i don't think the sonics is that different but i think the approach is completely different is what i would say and i and i think it comes down to the fact that there are a larger pool of influences here, you know. Um, they remixed a Chelsea Wolf song and stuff like that, and I don't think uh, a lot of those bands that you mentioned would even. I don't think Chelsea Wolf would even be on their radar, you know. And that is what makes them no, not not in nineteen ninety eight. They wouldn't. No, be, obviously not. Sure. But yeah, yeah. But you know, that's that's. Uh, but even now, I would be surprised, you know. And I think that's what makes them like far far superior to those sorts of things i do understand what you're saying that there is a sonic uh there is there is a sonic similarity and stuff but this is undoubtedly better than those bands isn't it yeah i think it's better than some of them okay i think it's better than king 810 yeah i don't know if it's better than wisconsin death trip that's a fucking great album it is a great album but um i think i think youth code have managed to like take this stuff and make it sound contemporary again you know there's a there is a huge nine inch nails thing on this record and you know there's there's again it's a very specific era of nine inch nails isn't it i mean there's Mm. not a lot of fragile or going through to kind of with with teeth and there's certainly no ghosts era nine inch nails. no no, this is very much early nine inch nails it's very much kind of the mind is a terrible thing to taste you mentioned skinny puppy you know you know and it's it's, it's not an, i mean i don't know it's not an insult I, don't, yeah. I mean i i don't i don't consider this to be an insult at all i'm saying justice for new metal is what i'm saying <laughs> i just justice for justice for kind of pre commercial over commercialized versions of new metal the the reason i'm taking the reason i'm taking um umbrage to it is because i think it's a bit of a basic bitch way to look at it Yes, you could you could say that there are stylistic sort of similarities to it, but that isn't really getting into the actual. Well, I, I would I would argue the, the the opposite of that is that because they've got Matt Pike on the album, because they've played Roadburn, because they're mates with Chelsea Wolfe, you are making that distinction with no 
real sonic evidence to back it up other than the fact that they surround themselves and they dress differently yeah they don't have a big blue beard and <laughs> nipple tassels <laughs> or anything like that. You know, they don't dress like Desmafara. they don't dress silly and they're cool so it's all right to go oh yes you know this is you know borrowing from Bauhaus and um, Joy Division whereas new metal is just fucking stupid what feels good about new metal is what feels good about this record there's one there's one simple reason why the approach is different and the reason for that is because when Youth Code started, this was not cool. Youth Code started uh, um, 20... You could say that about a lot of those early new metal bands, to be fair. The early new metal bands you can, but the bands that you are specifically referencing are very much second wave new metal. Obviously, Corn are the band who kind of made people go, oh, we should do that. But Static X, are, you know, Static X are definitely borrowing from Ministry and... Death metal. I, 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 well, I, I, you know? I totally, I do agree. I, I really like Wisconsin Death Trip. Like I'm, mm. you know, I'm not like totally poo pooing all of that kind of all of that music at all. I mean, Orgy can get to fuck, but you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Like I, I like bits of Machine as well. I think Machine's a pretty decent follow yeah, up to Wisconsin Death Trip. So I'm not like massively offended in that that respect. But I do think that there was an element of this has become really cool. So and this has become fashionable. So we will do this when Youth Code started certainly like there's beginning to be a bit more of a kind of um people going into this direction a little bit more not in the same way that it was happening with new metal in the late 90s um but, yeah, but I, the way that this makes you feel the good thing about this is that the, the thing that that feels good about this album and look by the way this album's fucking great yeah Right, like I'm not, I am not slagging it off. I'm just saying the thing that feels that makes this album work and feels makes it feel good feels to me like the the way that I felt that you know that those bands that I did like, be it Fear Factory or do you know what I mean? The the kind of the early new metal bands, I think they had a similar sort of. I think the kind of the energy and the boom and burst and even like production wise and stuff and just the kind of the the aggression of it. I felt like that about that. So I can see that through line. And I think um, I wouldn't want to, I, I, I actually think like, I'm actually glad I wanted to bring this up because I'm actually glad that there are bands now where you can go, this band youth code are fucking cool and people really like them and they're not Kane Hill or mm. do you know what I mean? Or like one of those, there's a whole kind of the new metal revivalist bands. Well, that actually the new metal revivalist bands that are kind of being called out as new metal revivalists, you can see what they're doing is just a sort of pale version of what new metal was. And it's a, is, a kind is of a pretty not like Fala. Te Tetra, yeah, fa Fala. I've not listened to Tetrash yet, but Merlin loves Tetrash. He thinks they're great. I've not listened yeah. to them yet. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay. but 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 there, but there is a massive difference between what the like, I think I think I, I do understand what you're saying and I do agree I do agree up to a point um mm. but I I think there I think it's a bit dangerous to to make that connection from the point of view of I wouldn't want people to write this off as one of those new metal revitalist things because it absolutely clearly isn't that but I'm not saying that I'm I'm what I'm saying is this band are really good yeah yeah they're yeah, yeah, really yeah. aggressive they take from Nine Inch Nails and Sisters of Mercy and, um, you know, and, and Susie and the Banshees. Yes. Mm -hmm. And Ministry. Yeah. Stuff that you will really like. But the shit that feels good about this album is the shit that feels good about the first Corn album. 
Well, it's got bounce to it. That's basically what yeah, I'm saying. That fucking, yeah, and all that stuff, that kind of really super aggressive, really quite, you know, it, it's it's not a particularly complicated record. It's a chaotic record, but it's not a hugely complicated record. It's just a nakedly aggressive, bouncy, massive, stomping, throbbing album. And it's really, yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I suppose you can dance to a lot of this record, I guess. I yeah. mean, you'll be dancing very, very aggressively. Um, mm. But, you know, I mean, you can dance to Pantera as well. doesn't mean they sound like Orgy. Yeah. Um, but you know, like, no, well, that's a, you know, well, yeah, I mean, not, not everything you can dance to sounds like orgy, unfortunately. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I do, I do. I just think that like, I'm not saying that people should consider this to be like some sort of new metal revival mm. and stick them in with new metal revivalists. Mm. I'm saying if you like this and you go and you poo poo new metal, <laughs> fucking shame on you. <laughs> Because there's actually, before, you know, before we get to fucking Chocolate Starfish and Hybrid Theory and the super commercial end of it, when it was sort of fairly cool, mm. there were some bands who were doing things that you would probably really enjoy if you like this. Yeah. I, 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 still, I, still, think, I still think the the lineage between Nine Inch Nails and Youth Code is far stronger than the lineage between... Yeah, orgy and, and youth code. But I, I don't get think what you're the saying. The lineage between Night Snails and Gravity Kills is a similar lineage between. Uh, do you know what I mean? I think that that that's the approaches the thing. are different, aren't they? No, I mean Gravity Kills. I suppose were like were chances. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that's the yeah. difference. I don't think youth code are chances. Is is basically the fundamental difference and why there is a massive difference between those things. But yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I do get it. There I'm is a, I'm a, it's a shame that I use gravity kills who definitely are chances when there are a bunch of people I could use who who aren't chances and then that would have stumped you. Um. <laughs> yeah, there's there's yeah, okay, there's a sonic there's I, I kind of see that, but it's a lot more interesting this, isn't it, than any of yeah, those. I don't things. know. I mean again, I I, I but you put on the last two tracks on that King 810 album and I put it on straight off this and I was like they they sit pretty close to each other like blow for blow that's I mean I mentioned that song Suicide Machines on the last King 810 album mm. which is a fucking banger and I was like yeah this is a fucking this is a great song it would fit on this record it, it's been I, I, it's been so long I, I, I've I can't really comment because it's been so long since I've listened to that King 810 album Obviously, I've not been back to it since we reviewed it. And um, I I don't really recall. Like, I remember there being Sonic things that I was impressed with on the King 810 album. But King 810 are completely and utterly ruined by the absolutely shambolic, pathetic front person. You know, <laughs> Sarah Taylor from Youth Code is a, a fucking revelation as a front person. She's brilliant she's incredible live she has a brilliant way of kind of that scream sing thing mm. um she can scream and it be melodic at the same time she has a hell of a way around a hook and a melody you know there are hooks and there are melodies in youth code i think that's that's the really cool key thing which there are in uh, new metal as well but yep. it never sounds watered down or it never sounds like i sometimes use um I really, really like Bleeding Through, but they released a record called the, called the Truth where they clearly went, let's try and go for some really hooky stuff. And the juxtaposition between the hooky, the hooky kind of cleans that they do and the more black metal or death metal influences in that, it just doesn't work. It's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 I love Bleeding Through, but that record is, is an abomination. But 
you know, there, there isn't like it totally does work with this. It's it's approached more in a kind of the hooks are approached in a code orange way in that there's still mm. grit to them. Yeah, some really still, great hooks. You know, yeah, mm. there's still like a lot of like fear and danger to it. Um, but there's a song like the world, there's a song on it called The World Stage. And, um, you know, that is pure slime light in it. That is pure oh, yeah. like oh, 90s goth. Do you know what I mean? Like nineties goth thing, gl- yeah. club night. Bang. I can I can imagine youth code playing slime light. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I can I can imagine that happening. I think it would turn some people off in slime light. But yeah, I can I can see that happening totally, hundred um, percent. Yeah. But again, you know, that's that's good. <laughs> goths, goths are good. Goths are good. Goths are fine. Uh, I've got nothing. Yeah. No beef with goths. No, it's just just new metal, isn't it? You don't like. <laughs> I do like. There's plenty of new metal that I like. I mean, the bands yeah. that you are specifically referencing, less so, apart from Static X, um, who had a couple of good albums. Um, but you know, I, I, yeah, I understand what you're saying. But I think we've 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 gone over this point quite a lot. I think there's a, like um, the song like Death Safe has a really dark, menacing tone that sounds genuinely quite scary, which I don't mm-hmm. think any of those bands would have ever managed at all. They managed to evoke the feel of a stalking serial killer through the music alone, uh, mm. which is something that I think would have been far beyond any of those bands that you've mentioned, probably even Static X, to be totally honest, who yeah. I quite like. Um, yeah. And there's they're, the hook at the end. They're a bit more sore as opposed to, yes. you know, uh, some sort of Japanese horror film. I mean, even... Oh, oh, you mean yeah? You mean Static X are more sore than say, yeah. yes, the the quote unquote sore eight. elevated horror that you would get these yeah. days. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not a bad comparison at all. Um, even though I hate the term elevated horror, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah. There's a brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> there's a brilliant hook at the end of that song as well called "I've had enough this." Uh, where she goes, "I've had enough this time. I've had enough of drowning," which is just so fucking huge. Like that song, brilliant encapsulates everything they do in one song i think um i you know i fucking love this record i think yeah it's well good it's absolutely brilliant and i'm i'm Mm. kicking myself that i missed it in the first place because i've been keeping my eye on them for ages but they took so long to do anything i kind of forgot (laughs) about them and um but i've been on a massive we've actually been talking about them longer than we've actually been talking about them longer than the album last (laughs) have we yeah <laughs> okay well i'll cut some of that um but yeah fucking hell um uh yeah because it's it's like 29 minutes this record isn't it yeah it's not long it's very quick um but yeah this is brilliant i mean spoiler alert, this is uh, i think bar one record which we're about to talk about this is my favorite album of this week personally oh mine's genesis Owusu, by the way okay. i think i've probably already established that but this would probably be second i think for okay. me okay yeah 30. it is great yeah 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 push it uh, anyway there you go um <laughs> that is youth coding king yusuf a skeleton key in the doors of depression hooray for new metal anyway ben howard is our next album that is very different we're never going to get them on the show are we now well fucking grow up because you don't, can't, don't like being compared to new metal like come on you liked it as if like the thing is is they probably own all of those records i i, I couldn't i don't know I don't know. I, I can't. I bet they do. Of course they fucking do. 
They got fucking Limp Biscuit albums everywhere. Of course they have. We okay. all fucking do. So, like, I don't. It's been a long enough time now. Just to, just because you're the only person. <laughs> I mean, I, I get, me and you are the only two people who don't own hybrid theory. Do you know that? Actually, I do own hybrid theory. So I'm the only person that owns it. Fair enough. Um, anyway, let's talk about Ben Howard. Um, Collections from the White Out is the fourth album from the UK Brit award-winning acoustic electro-folk artist. The follow-up to his 2018 Noonday Daydream. Uh, Renfrey, we've already mentioned the Brits earlier on. And yeah. as someone who has yeah. won a Brit for Best Newcomer, um, I just assumed that Ben Howard was going to be fucking shite. Because... I, I, I put the exact same thing in my notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw, oh, he's won a Brit. He must be awful. Must be um, shit. Yes. Must be shit. So I've never listened to Ben Howard before, ever. Same, um, same, same. And, you know, I tell you what, I'm genuinely quite surprised by this record. Same. Because this has got some really lovely songs and moments on it. Yeah. It is too long, Copyright Riot Act 2018. <laughs> but Yes, yes it is. Yes. But there are, you know, and, and it is a, well, like I say, a kind of acoustic-y, electro-folk album. We you know, the Bon Iver comparisons, I suppose, are going to come up. So we might as well just throw that out so, there straight away. Someone Fleet described, Foxes, it, someone described like it as Folktronica, which I like. Mm. I think that perfectly encapsulates very basically what this is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can hit, see and hear that. I mean, there's, there's, you know, stuff like, um, like the Rookery is kind of what I expected the entirety of this album to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. Just agreed. a nice, quiet, acoustic pop folk song finger plucked yeah. yeah 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 yeah. but it yeah. isn't really like that at all mm. um it was produced by um aaron desner we should say the member of the national um right, okay. so he's like like i mean he's becoming the producer du jour, du jour of late you Got know shout out from taylor swift yesterday, yeah yeah, yeah Lad. deservedly Lad. <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah uh yeah. there are songs like the kind of shuffling beat and slide guitar of crowhurst meme which mm. i thought is great a great, yeah. a genuinely great song. And there is moments on it that I actually don't really like. Like there's a song called Finders Keepers, um, which I find quite annoying, but yeah. it is a very odd song. It's an incredibly it odd, unusual, bizarre time signature number. And it being on an album by an artist of this size, I thought was actually pretty fucking awesome. Do you know what that song's about as well? suitcase in a river it's a song that chronicles the time his father found a dismembered body of a friend floating along the thames which oh, i think makes it even cooler <laughs> yeah right yeah. i didn't know that i mean it's, yeah. a weird, it's a weird song I it is I, I got no enjoyment from it but i did sit there and i was like i can't argue that this is objectively copyright right <laughs> um a very a very interesting composition and an unusual song yeah I, yeah yeah totally th this there's things on here that you might hear on a kind of mid noughties Discord records album. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, there's shit that reminded me of Battles and Minus the Bear. And there are a couple of other names that I wrote down as well that, that um, were not throughout the record. That I just, like, This isn't really what I thought I was going to be getting from this record at all. So I, I think it's silly I, that I just went, <laughs> Ben Howard, I bet he's bloody the same as Ed Sheeran or some crap. Oh, I'm, I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm exactly the same. I, I, I made those uh, judgments basically based on the fact that the Brits went absolutely chaotically mad about his first record. Um, I, I, I think it wasn't helped by the fact that um, there were reviews at the time in like NME and Q and stuff like that, which were very like sniffy two out of five, just like, oh, like he's got a nice melody, but that's about it. Um, I mean, I've not listened to his earlier records, but 
if they sounded like this, then no, he's doing a lot more interesting stuff than that. Um, and and this really, really surprised me in a very positive way. Um, Far Out has a very latter day Radiohead vibe to it uh, and is very strong as a result. Um, it sounds hey, like I was going to say Sage That Isn't Burning, which I think is amazing, has got really latter day Radiohead mm. vibes to it. Mm. Sounds mm. a bit like Burn the Witch and it's genuinely brilliant. That yeah. Song. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Legit yeah. brilliant. Ben Howard has got a quite an i think he's got an unusual i I called it kind of dylan-esque um his his vocals i think pop music or modern mainstream music tendent has a tendency to have fairly un not unremarkable vocalists technically but ones where you go well i i I don't know where your personality is so much but for example in the song finders keepers it all feels like it's coming out of his mouth in quite a an almost kind of mumbled garbled like he doesn't really know what the vocal melody that he's searching for is such uh, so much. Do you know what I mean? And I mean that in a good way because I actually think that that makes it quite makes him quite distinctive and is quite an interesting thing to listen to. Mm-hmm. I think he, I I really like his voice and I kind of feel like it's the through line um, mm. because I think if you if you took a, his voice off of a lot of these songs and just had them as instrumentals, I think some of these songs and maybe even most of them would sound as strange and odd and weird as the stuff that Bon Iver is doing or has been doing on his last couple, last couple of albums. Now, obviously, Bon Iver is a massive, massive artist as well, but uh, he's kind of an outlier. You know, it's, I think particularly, I think he got massive on two records which are much simpler to digest and understand. And, and then he's gone off and gone, right, I'm going to do some really weird shit now. Um, mm. But I think it's testament to Ben Howard that like, he manages to make it digestible with his voice but if you took his vocals off um it would still sound quite strange and weird and the fact that he's putting music like that in front of loads of people who would not normally listen to it i've got like uh, i've got a lot of respect for ben howard and and a lot of respect for this album as well um you said that at the beginning of this review that it's too long 100 it's absolutely too long and i think that it 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 felt more the first couple of times i listened to it when i didn't fully have my head around it it felt more diverse than i think it actually is when i first listened to it to me it sounded as diverse uh and, and multifaceted as that uh, genesis Awasua album and i think the more i listened to it the more that i realized that if there is a musical theme or motif to the record it's the interplay between what i'm gonna call weird electronic effects and tinkling piano and i think actually mm. that is used again and again and again and again you don't realize it at first but it kind of is there's nothing strictly wrong with that because that's not something that that's not like a formula which is used loads and loads and loads and loads it still sounds quite quite different um mm. but but uh i did realize i i kind I, I guess what i'm saying is the more i listened to it the more i realized it wasn't quite as strange and odd uh, as I thought it was, but you know, for a quote unquote mainstream record and a mainstream artist and, and someone who's had shitloads of success, um, it is so much more interesting and avant-garde and experimental than I think either of us expected. Um, Definitely. I mean, I, I agree with you about the kind of length and maybe even the kind of, um, not being quite as broad and vast as it possibly 
it could be mm-hmm. um but i think actually that i mean i i was listening to i actually was listening to um 22 million by bon because we did that on right Ears review and we i was did. like i want to go back to that because i quite liked the album that came after it yes and i hadn't listened to him for a while obviously like i think i've i've become more interested in probably post hearing that song he did with taylor swift which i think is just brilliant absolutely 10 out of 10 exceptional and um and i was like i do kind of respect this because basically it feels like and i think this album does it and i think he manages to to toe this line and keep it interesting really well but he can't quite sustain it for 55 minutes or yeah, just under I 55 agree. minutes I agree. um it's 10 seconds short of 55 minutes um so you know he can't quite sustain that length where it is essentially two quite lackadaisical styles of music you've got two quite disparate very differing you know that kind of experimental um avant-garde electronic music but but almost kind of very ambient electronic music which is usually quite kind of slow and low energy and you know quite you have to be in the right we've we said before you know you have to be in the right mood to listen to that mixing that with again quite kind of um very personal introspective acoustic folk those two things although they are incredibly different in many many ways the energy that they put out is fairly similar Mm. and i think that although the sounds do sound really good like juxtaposed with each other you wouldn't really necessarily think that those two things could work together and yet there are artists such as ben howard and obviously bonnevere as mentioned who are managing to juxtapose those things into creating something which is genuinely does sound quite new um it's it's the the energy of it is is not enough to sustain it for such a long period of time. Not for 55 my, minutes. Yeah, yeah and that, I agree. That would, be, that would be my main criticism. I of it. Agree. But apart yeah. from that, this isn't a bad record at all. Yeah, I agree totally. I mean, I, I would shave uh, probably at least 10 minutes off of this at record. Least 10 minutes of this, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's... Uh, like it, it it is it was relatively difficult for me to go well which songs would you take off maybe yeah maybe finders keepers wouldn't be a terrible shout um but yeah um it is it is it is too long definitely undoubtedly but you know uh, yet another example i mean i don't i don't think we're as guilty of this as as some people but in terms of like judging things before you've heard them i mean i 100 percent totally did that with ben howard and just assumed (laughs) that he'd be a really boring folksy yeah ed sheeran-esque singer-songwriter type person and based on this record um he isn't that at all um and weirdly really interestingly um again looking at my my bible metacritic this appears to be his least well-received record not that any of his records have been badly received but this this is the one with the lowest score certainly i think it's got 70 and there's other ones which he has around the 80 mark and stuff like that and if you know that that isn't an indicator that this is his worst record necessarily as we have discovered using metacritic and stuff but if it were and if this is indeed his worst record and doesn't necessarily mean it is but that just makes me go oh oh, i really want to check out the other stuff then yeah i wouldn't mind checking out some of his other albums actually i want to see what the good one i mean it's got to number one you know what i mean it's another it's another album that's got to number one where you're like fucking hell that's actually a pretty you know with architects and mogwai and you know there's various other things we've spoken about that have got high in the charts it's been a pretty you know like there's been some pretty great interesting stuff that's been getting to number one gojira got got top 10 in the uk it's also the best-selling album in america 
Uh, on physical. Physical, yes, we should say. But yeah, like it's a really interesting... We've been moaning for so long about chart music and stuff. Well, sorry. I've been moaning for so long about chart music and stuff like that. But it is becoming much, much more interesting of late. And I think that's a really cool thing. I don't really know why, but it is. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful. Yeah. It's good. There you go. Uh, the album is called Collections from the White Out. You probably know that if you're interested in it because, like I say, it got to number one. Uh, ben Howard, there you go. All right, our last album they're going to talk about comes from Kayuan. The album is called Ice Fleet. This is the, uh, you'll correct me on this, I'm sure, Renfrey, the ninth studio album. No, I think it is the ninth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, from so. the Russian via lots of other places post-metal band. Um, mm. Certainly post-metal on the, on the kind of the evidence that I've heard from this particular album i'm mm. gonna say post metal mm. uh this is a concept album about an unidentified fleet of russian ships that were discovered in the year 1930 which i have to be honest is not conveyed on the album in any way whatsoever i completely my mind. <laughs> disagree i completely really? disagree yeah um it's based on a true story as well. Um, uh, it's a story from the 1930s, northern shore of the USSR, where a flotilla of frozen ships was suddenly found by geolo geologists. And it's based on sort of real letters, articles and events. Um, it's basically, the album comprises of a 43-minute long song, effectively. It's just sort of split up into eight different sections. Um, it starts with the sound of a ship creaking. <laughs> So, you know, there's that that already sort of evokes the theme of what the record is. Um, and I think there's a certain kind of glacial frostiness to much of the album that evokes that large, expansive, icy landscape. It's interesting you referring to them as a post-metal band. I was aware of this band and I knew their previous album. Uh, oh, what's it called? I think it's called Kehu or something like that. And the interesting thing about that, I had just assumed that they were a sort of ambient post-rock band because that album has absolutely nothing to do with metal whatsoever so when i started listening to this and on the third track some sort of black metal-esque screaming came into it i was really surprised i was really really shocked because i was like i didn't think this band were that at all um and i think it says quite a lot about them as a band that they are not willing to be boxed into that because i actually just describe them as a post whatever band because i have no idea what this band are and i think that is a massive strength of theirs and i went back to a couple of other records and basically if they want to use screened lyrics and stuff they do but a lot of the time they just don't bother so like are they mm. a post metal act i mean angry metal guy has reviewed this but I don't. I don't know. I. Th I, th I think there are limitless boundaries with them, and I think that's really, really exciting about it. Um, in terms of telling a story with the music, yeah, and and almost the music alone, I completely agree. Disagree with you. I think Ice Fleet evokes um, the story masterfully. It's not the kind of thing where you listen to it and you go, "Oh, I know exactly what the story is." But once the once the story is filled in for you, you go, "Oh yes, okay, I can totally see where that is coming from." And that whole thing about like the large, expansive icy landscapes that it evokes in a very solstafir-esque way um you could say in a yeah, there's a lot of solstafir yeah yeah in a sigarosi mm. way as well um 
I think is really quite brilliantly done. I mean, interestingly, we sort of disagreed on this as well with that loss. We lost the sea record, which ended up in my top 20. Um, but I think that really like evoked its story really, really well as well. Um, and, you know, I mean, the, the opening song, N.A., begins in a very, very ambient manner. But then the sound of that creaking ship is integrated rhythmically into the song. And it's it's a mood setter, but it sets that mood really, really well. And then the second song brings in, brings in a far more expansive cinematic scope with these slow stabbing, distorted chords ringing out over the top of it. And then when you get to Man Paco, which is the third song, you know, it begins as a solo piano piece that recalls the likes of Max Richter or a winged victory for the sullen before very unexpectedly exploding two minutes in with a huge expansive post-metal style riff. And then a little bit later, you get those black metal-esque vocals coming in completely unexpectedly halfway through the song. And it was at this point that I thought to myself, well, this is one of the best records of the year because how many bands can evoke can go from kind of Max Richter solo piano style stuff to that more atmospheric black and black metal walls in the throne room maybe or a bit of solstafir kind yeah, of I've thing. Got, I've got solstafir and walls in the throne room yeah. written down for both of this and Shiga Ross as you mentioned and explosions in the sky. Yeah, and Death Heaven. Is yeah, what I've got written. Down. Yeah, and all of those all of those influences are all encapsulated into one song. They're all done extremely well like they're done very 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 well i don't think they're trying to do like a dark throne or anything like that i i, I don't i don't think they're even trying to do a walls in the throne room thing i think they are using those influences and shaping them and trying to tell a story with them but it does it it goes between those two extremes so effortlessly and and yet it feels so natural. I mean, every single there's there's no point on this record where there's any real um, there's there's no, all of the songs are joined together, so it's meant to feel like one cohesive piece of music. Um, but I think it's a truly special band who can go between those two extremes within literally two and a half minutes and make it sound natural. Right. <laughs> it's all right this no well no but it isn't though it's it's so much no, it's better all than right. all right i think it's all right i think this sounds like i mean i don't know any of their other stuff so i don't really have anything else to compare it to to say that this is like a massive stylistic jump in a different direction um i've got nothing else to compare it to so i can't say whether or not that's true um but i thought this is a sort of frosty crescendo-y you know post black metal record and it's pretty good but it's not even it's a post black it's not even a post black metal record is it yeah i think i think there are only two moments on the entire record where black metal vocals are utilized so there's probably yeah, but that's, that's but there's still the things that we've compared you know death heaven a bit of death heaven as you mentioned a bit of what winds in the throne room you mentioned solstice fear as well you kind of come into that thing and then i think there are yeah definitely other influences from other places but it's got like you mentioned that kind of that frosty feeling to me uh, that that's why i said it didn't feel like seed it felt more like mountains to me do you know what i mean it felt like kind of f the top of a frostbitten mountain most of the, that and then when i was like oh it's seas in the ship and our ships in the sea and i was like oh yeah okay yeah it could be that as well that's that's what i i thought like before i knew that i was like oh this is like you know the kind of really kind of cold sounding 
remote uh, mountains in the middle of nowhere. And then I heard, oh, it's the ocean in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I suppose it could, you know, it could be that as well. But that wasn't my first thought, to be honest. Um, well, it's a frozen, it's it, a frozen like, expanse. Isn't it's it? a frozen expanse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I suppose either way, that's that's right. Um, you know, I this is I think this is a pretty good record. It's fairly enjoyable. Um, I didn't get any of that. What you've just said, I've got to be perfectly honest. I thought it was like I thought there were some cool riffs on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it when the when the black metal vocals came in and it gave it a bit of a bit more oomph. Um, there's nothing here to be perfectly honest. I think that would justify me going back to it, though. I think when there are other records from the bands that we've mentioned that I think are that are better, just to be perfectly honest. I think um Solstafir are a quite good sort of barometer for what this is, mm-hmm. because I think Solstafir, as we said in the last time we um reviewed Solstafir, uh we were talking about how like so much of their catalogue is really, really of a very, very, very high standard. Um but we were ever so well. I certainly, I think you were as well to a, yeah, to a I degree. Yeah, I was like mad keen comparatively when you got an album like Otter. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Slightly disappointed with mm. the last Solstafir record. Not that it's a bad record or anything like that. It just didn't really feel like it pushed anything further or anything like this. I think this is comfortably better than the last Solstafir record, and I think it is. It, I think it is not a million miles away in terms of quality from the absolute best of what Solstafir do. I don't think it's that far away from an otter or anything like that. I think the only thing that kind of prevents it from being as good as otter is the more experimental things that Solstafir did in terms of like, if you take the actual song otter itself, the kind of banjo using that banjo as part of like the main riff and all that kind of thing. But I don't think it's a million miles away from that sort of stuff at all. And I think the really key thing with it, I think describing it as a post black metal record is just completely incorrect. But then at the same time, I don't know where you'd put it because like, you know, the way that like Opeth um, managed to bring on uh, like loads and loads of fans who would never in a million years have listened to death metal or anything Mm -hmm. along those lines. It feels like Kane could do exactly the same thing um because i think actually this has the the foundation of this is far more within the kind of max richter thing or a winged victory for the sullen but they're just using post black metal elements or black metal elements in the music and i think that is far 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 more exciting than um than taking a foundation and and doing that because i think you can bring people in from those worlds who just wouldn't even consider listening to something like that at all and that's why I think it's extraordinary, like a really extraordinary record, which a lot of people wouldn't even think of listening to something which has those kind of cookie monster vocals on it. But they might listen to this because in reality, what is it? It's 43 minutes long, Mm. 41 minutes long. I think in reality, there's maybe four minutes of cookie monster type vocals on it. You know, like mm. if that. It's not know. a lot. There's not a lot. It's not a lot at all. But even they, I mean, there's a there's a pacing of some of it as well. And the, I think the guitars, like you mentioned, are quite frosty, and that's quite evocative of, you know, black metal as well. And I think the guitars are fairly harsh throughout a fair bit of the record, not entirely all the way through, but there's quite a bit of harsh guitar 
in it, I think. There's more, there's more than four minutes worth, certainly. Mm. But I think if you kind of looked at a barometer of like, the, if you looked at a sound stream of it, it would be, you know, it, the, it's predominantly in an ambient kind of mold. And then it, it goes into those black metal elements to give it colour. But, you know, and as I said, there are metal publications that are picking up on this. But it doesn't like it, it. It feels like it sort of defies categorization in that sense. In that they're clearly a band who just go, well, look, this is what we want to do now. Fuck genre. Fuck you know, actually being painted into a box. If we want to have like black metal less vocals on a bit of our record, we'll do that. But if we don't, I mean, the, the like I said, the previous record to me was just a completely a lovely, really beautiful, ambient, chilled out record and this has elements of that but mm. it's also most definitely not that throughout it as well and it was such a I, I think the moment that the black metal vocals obviously i have that context for this and you wouldn't have yeah. had that knowing that but i think the moment that those black metal vocals came in it's been the most oh my god moment that i've had listening to music all year like really? yeah wow. probably you know i mean i mean i think i this, think you're very close i think i, I think like you're very close to this stuff is what i would yeah. say oh yeah of course i am of course i, I think am. you're very close to this stuff because to me i would file this in terms of how i felt about going you know like what does this do for me mm. in terms of how broad it is and you know where it kind of what it does with the form that it takes i would file this with the like with the dinosaur junior album that we we reviewed probably with the evile album and the cannibal corpse album as well in something that i'm like yeah i've heard this loads of times and it's a pretty good version of it have you heard this loads of times when you're saying oh, i've never heard anything like this before i'm like i feel like we hear something a bit like this every other week i didn't say i've never heard anything like this before i've never heard anything i i, I very 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 seldom hear anything that pushes it to mm. the same extremes i I, right, okay. I cannot think of many records if any at all really where i can evoke oliver arnold's as much as i can evoke walls in the throne room yeah in fact yeah, i can't maybe. think of a single one so from that respect yes this is totally like totally new of course it's not totally new yes it is it, it is it is just a a um uh it is just a twist on on a formula a formula that i just so happen to absolutely fucking love mm. but because it pushes it to the it, it it literally encompasses the entire sonic range of my record collection and i don't Did think why not do that as well though they don't get at i mean we did we did um we did uh godspeed you black emperor recently and i would say that like the kind of that is for me has a, a bigger dynamic <laughs> You, range i don't think it mm, yeah pff, maybe they do but you're talking about mogwai and godspeed you black emperor for fuck's well, sake well i'm only using them as the most <laughs> obvious examples off the top of my head do you know yeah what I mean? but the, but they you are talking about two i mean i would i would say this is coming the week after we did that voronoi album mm. and to me that that is an exceptional record that is an exceptional, mind-blowing, like, what the actual fuck record. Whereas this is, uh, I think this is a a record with some, which is which sounds cool and has some really good moments on it. Yeah. And is obviously very well made. Yeah. And that's kind of as, about as far as 
I'll go with it. I think you know that I, mean? I think I, they're doing two very different things. I mean, Vor- they're doing two very different things, but yeah, one of them I've never heard really anybody doing something with of that intense of that level of intensity before. Whereas I feel like I've heard people doing this before. That's the difference, I would say. That I think Voronoi are legitimately really original and unique and groundbreaking, and this isn't. I think Voronoi are more original than than mm. KNR. I just, but I, I don't know if Voronoi push things to the same level. I don't know. It's, it's, it's. I, I mean, think they push it much further. To be perfectly honest, like from hearing from the six times I listened to this record, I, I like when the black metal bits came in. I was like, oh, that's fucking great. Mm. and particularly like you say it's a lovely surprise when it comes in kind of mm. what 17 18 minutes into the record yeah 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 like you know and you're like oh, that's really good mm. that's some, there's some really good pacing and you know this is not me saying this is a bad record this mm. is me saying mm. that you know like I, I didn't say the evil record was a bad record I, mm. you know i didn't say the cannibal corpse album was a bad album we didn't mm. say the dinosaur junior album was a bad album we said this thing if you like this thing you'll probably really like this album and that's broadly how i feel about this record to be Mm. honest Mm. if you really really love this thing you will probably really like this record i have like i say a certain amount of space in my brain for something like this Mm. and um i'm not sure that this record will penetrate that forever i think i'll listen to it and go yeah you're good but that is probably about as far as it goes for me to be perfectly honest i think um i don't think veron i get as ambient as this record does i don't think they get within touching distance of how ambient this album does i think veron i are kind of heavier because they're weirder almost mm-hmm. they're more they're, yeah. they're undoubtedly more avant-garde than veron and that veron album is fucking great like it is brilliant you know um i just like i i think what i really really respond to with this album is how sonically diverse it is and the and the, the breadth thank you mm-hmm. that's absolutely it it's the breadth of it that i love and and i love the fact that it feels limitless it doesn't feel like there are any boundaries on this at all and how many bands can you say that of there aren't many and the two that you have cited are literally two of the best in their genre i'm not saying Kayan are the top tier or anything like that but I do think this is a really fucking good record. And mm. I, and I don't think and I don't think it's I do also understand what you're saying in terms of it, you know, it's not the most original thing in the world, but the breadth of it is fucking awesome. It's not as original as Verona. Yeah, no, absolutely. But the breadth is really fucking cool. It also, I mean, this is surplus this is neither here nor there but it also comes with like some weird tabletop rpg game which has nothing to do with anything at all but that's just a cool extra element of it if you do want to be involved in that sort of thing i mean i know i look like the kind of person who plays tabletop rpg (laughs) games i don't actually um but you know i I think the whole the fact that they've taken this concept and they've built an entire fucking game around it is you know kind of cool if you're into That's that sort cool. of thing you know yeah. you like Risk. It re- <laughs> yeah like like you know there, there's the there's there's like the version you can buy or from their band camp is like with the tabletop game there's one without it as well but it's like 40 dollars for for a game and the vinyl you know i think like all they've, they've clearly put fucking loads of thought into it um and i really really like that they've got a theme and they've run with it and I think that's wicked, you know. Well, yeah, you know, um, it's pretty good, I would say. It's a pretty good album. Um, 
I think you obviously like it more than me. <laughs> it's my joint. It's my joint <laughs> favorite record of the week alongside um alongside uh Youth Code. I mean I I I I fucking love it. Yeah, I think it's oh, brilliant. Okay. Uh I, I have to say it's my least favorite album of the week. Yeah. Well. Mm. Sorry, mate. Yeah. Anyway. You're allowed to be wrong, uh, that's fine. <laughs> yeah yeah uh i'll let you know when i am Ooh. anyway um that's koin with ice fleet next week we hopefully we'll be reviewing gary newman yeah that'd be nice wouldn't it yeah and if we don't get that we'll review uh gary oldman in dracula, <laughs> dracula. oh god have i got to watch keanu reeves's performance again his hello i'm british <laughs> <laughs> yeah Jesus fucking Christ. rubbish awful anyway um cool we've been here a long time haven't we i know yeah i'm gonna do yeah. some judicious editing to this show yeah mm. hopefully a lot of martin gore pooing on my <laughs> penis will be cut out of this but none uh, of it well none of the martin gore <laughs> pooing on your penis will be cut out at all fuck it out okay well martin call me if you're listening <laughs> um thanks very much go to patreon.com forward slash right podcast and we will hopefully have some more content up for you very very shortly but there's plenty there if you sign up right now there is plenty for you to listen to by the way um thanks very much for listening guys we'll be back next week cheery bye <laughs>